This is the Sports Divided Podcast. The Chicago Bulls have won their sixth NBA championship, and it's their second three-peat. Second two out, Palmero over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges, throws, out! And the White Sox have won the World Series. To the net, over. Patrick Kane has scored the goal. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. The Cubs win the World Series. They did it. It's over. The game is over. The series is over. The wait is over. And the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions. Welcome back to Sports Divided. We're recording on October 5th, 2022. Tonight, we're joined by Dave, Keith, Matt, and I'm your host, Rick. Um, guys, we'll get into Bears talk here in a little bit. Um, it is the last day of the regular season for the MLB, so we'll we'll uh, wrap up some of the, the things that we have been talking about for a while when it comes to MLB, along with talking uh, predictions for the wildcard and division series. Um, since it's now more of a, uh, March madness style bracket where they're just going to play the team on the bracket. They're not reseeding. Um, so we'll have an idea of the matchups and, uh, we can kind of predict or take our luck at trying to predict. It might be wrong 99% of the time that, you know, it is what it is with our, uh, with our betting habits. Uh, and then we'll like I said, get into some NFL and uh, and other situations with the NFL with some of our normal topics. But, all right, MLB wraps up. Uh, playoffs are set. It took all of uh, till today, so a day and a half before games start, to let teams know their times of their games the next for their wildcard series, which I thought was – a little late, you know, especially since everything was wrapped up two days ago. Like, uh, they just now are getting out TV times and all that for formal. Um, but, uh, any final thoughts on from uh, all you guys on just the way the season ended up? I can tell you that, uh, most of our MVP predictions actually, I take that back, all of our MVP predictions are probably going to be wrong. Um, <laughs> Because I know for a fact nobody had Paul Goldschmidt and nobody had Aaron Judge. And I'm pretty sure those two are running away with the MVP. And uh, Cy Young, on the other hand, I don't know if there's really clear-cut winners, but I know uh, three of us had Walker Bueller and uh, three of us had Garrett Cole. Um, so we do know that those two guys are, are not in the running. Um, and nobody had nobody had any of the guys that are – apparently leading the polls because who would have thought Sandy Alcantara or, you know, some of those guys would uh, have the seasons they were having with the bad teams that they have. But so we'll start, Matt, any uh, final thoughts on either the White Sox or just in general on the MLB so far? Um, well, last year, I think I did pick Paul Goldschmidt. So I was just a year off 
I'm not <laughs> make that <laughs> Matt, Matt you will never match my my uh, first prediction when we first started this, and I said Jose Abreu was going to win the AL MVP. And he oh, did. that so. was pretty. That was pretty amazing. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, um, I guess, I guess I could just say I'm. I it's it's sad to see the season go the way it went, but I'm just I'm glad it's over because it was just it was painful. So, <laughs> just move on to next year and, and hope for the better um yeah that's uh it, I, I, thought, I thought i thought the comment by ozzy was a good one Sorry, he's an idiot he's an idiot i saw that thing going around Twitter. like i what was gonna say oh uh, that nobody knows said, nobody knows these book club better than ozzy again yeah I can't really do well, that that isn't the part i like the, the part i like was uh the fact that he said, you know, finding a new manager will be the easier of the two jobs. The harder job is going to be deciding who's in that dugout, who's playing the, the 25 players for next year. Yeah. It's going to be the much harder decisions that have to be made in the offseason because there's some, there's some favorites that are going to have to go. And that's right. that Lord knows I, I went through that a year ago. And it's not easy. Yeah, that's that's there's some truth to that. And it, it really is like what out of the out of the Tim Andersons and the Lucas Giolito and, you know, I'm not even getting to Abreu because that's, that's an obvious one, but out of those players, like, well, who makes sense to keep, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's. Yeah. We'll, it's we'll get to, we'll get, we'll get to some of the rumor mills or, or, well, I was going to talk about Abreu and La Russa and there's another one that uh, I'm sure will crush Dave's soul. So we'll get to those in a little oh, bit. Oh yeah. You'll hear from me on that one. We'll, we'll get to those in a little bit. Um, Right now, it's just kind of yeah, just kind of like closing closing thoughts on the way it kind of wrapped up. So like, obviously, like you said, Matt, for the White Sox, you're just glad it's over. Yeah, but, I mean, really, you know, I it was always the thought of like, yeah, the Guardians are good, but they're they'll fade, they'll fade, you know, and and it's it's the it's the White Sox motto this year of yeah, we don't have a right fielder, we don't have a second baseman, we probably need another starting pitcher, but. We'll figure it out. We'll be there. We'll 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 make it into the playoffs and we'll figure it out then. But it just never never came to fruition and it it's slapping them in the face, you know. So it's it's one of those that's everybody knew it. All the armchair managers knew it and they didn't do anything and just kind of glad it's over. And now I gotta hopefully look themselves in the mirror and make some tough decisions and make the right ones you know like it could this could go south real quick or they could turn it around and have another couple of good years with the players they have on the team so so i don't know i don't know where we're at honestly i i, I know as a white Sox or, fan it, it feels like it's been very rough um for a while since 2005 correct so i have a question for you matt you know it was pretty good until we didn't make it but you know what i mean like <laughs> I know, yeah. when, so the white Sox went through a lot of struggles in the mid to late 2010 ish areas, right? 15 to yeah. 18. Yeah. When do you think the last time the Chicago White Sox finished last in the Nash in the American League? Dead last. Time they finished dead last in the American in, in their division or in the American League? Just the American League in general. Oh, just no matter if they were in divisions yeah. or not. Oh, okay. Yep. Boy, I'd say something like maybe. So like maybe like a 14 in there, 16, 15. No, they, they, I don't think they finished that last because it was 
Detroit was really bad. Um, Add 32 or 38 years to your first guess. 38. Oh, 1976 was the last time they actually finished hmm. at last. I, I thought it was about mid-70s. That's... But you think, though, it, that one caught me off guard because you're like, they've had some bad and rough teams. But yeah. then I guess you think you sit there and you think about it, you're like, well, I guess Detroit was the worst team in 19, Minnesota in 2016, you know, and then yeah. another, team I was, another team I was very surprised. So Jim, Jim Pass and a guy who uh, does – baseball america for like prospects puts out a list every single year of the last time the team finished with the worst record another team that i was very surprised to see when the last time they finished dead last in the american league is the kansas city royals in 2005 Hmm. i guess you also put into consideration how many how bad baltimore had been for a while and tampa well, yeah, Baltimore, too. Forget about Tampa's last season was 2007. But the longest drought to finish last in the American League is a team from 1932. Any guesses? And a team, the, what's that, the longest? The longest drought to finish dead last in the American League is a team in 1932 was the last year that they finished dead last in the American League. I mean, yeah. Maybe like the right. Yankees or something, right? Because they're always – Yankees – it's kind of funny. So you think who are the team of the night? Who are the teams of the nineties that were classified as the teams of the nineties, right? The Yankees, uh, the and athletics, Yankees and Braves. Yeah. Braves. Yankees and Braves. Yeah. Braves both, for sure. both identical. They were the worst team in the, in the respective leagues in 1990. Hmm. Those were the last times for both of them, but no, uh, there's another team in the, in the East that is 1932. Detroit? Boston. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Boston has not been worse in the league since 1932. Wow. Wow. That's surprising. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he had some rough years. So. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah. So you got. Red Sox, 32, White Sox, 76, Yankees, 90, Indians slash Guardians, 91, Angels, 94, Blue Jays, 95, and then you get into the 2000s. The Royals, 2005, Rays, 2007, Mariners, 2010, Houston, 2013, Minnesota, 16, Tigers, 19, Rangers, 20, Orioles, 21, and Oakland was the worst this year. And we'll just skip over the the National League side because – I don't want to stir any feathers. So to speak. It's 1918 for the Cardinals. Oh. Oh. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then the Dodgers are second and or the sorry, the Braves are second in 1990 as the longest. And the Dodgers in 92, the Mets 93, Brewers 2002, Rockies 05, Cubs 06, Astros cuz they're in the NL at this time, 2012. So they had the worst record in the National League in 12 and the worst record in the American League in 13. Great two, <laughs> se- great two seasons for the Astros. Yeah, they were awful when they changed leagues. I remember that. Phillies in, Phillies in 2015. The Padres and Reds tied for the worst in 2016. Giants in 2017. Marlins in 19. Pirates in 20. Diamondbacks in 21. And the Nationals this year in 22. Hmm. 
That's that's interesting. I haven't really thought ever really thought about that. You know, when well, I mean, you think some of these teams, like for the White Sox, and I mean, I guess any team before that drought is from before 90, 94, that was when they still only had two divisions, too. So, like, it's you know, and there was no interleague play. And that's I remember, I remember, I remember when it was one division freeze. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, I mean, when did that start at the bottom and go up? That ended, that ended what, the 70s-ish, wasn't it? Something like that? about right. 70? Yeah. Or it might have been, actually, hmm. Or was it the late 60s when the Mets, no? No, because the Mets had won it outright, uh, won the or the, the league outright to make it to the World Series. Right? Or did, or did they, was there a National League Championship Series then? I don't remember so, them. So let's see. 19, so 1969, the Miracle Mets were the first. That was the year that the, there was the first uh, AL and ML, yeah, championship oh. series. Oh, okay. I just assumed it was 70 because I knew the Cardinals in 68 didn't have to play. They just went straight and played the Tigers. And then I didn't know it was – it's kind of weird to just pick 1969 as the time to put in divisions and not wait one more year and have it be a even even type of thing. But Wasn't that the that same year the Seattle Pilots? Weren't they in the American League? Um, let's see, 1969 MLB standings. It sounds about right before they moved to Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Uh, 69 they have them as listed as the Brewers but yes I would assume it's the Pilots because they're in the AL West with the Twins, Athletics, Angels, Royals White Sox and Pilots and the East was uh, Orioles, Tigers Red Sox, Washington Senators aka now the Texas Rangers uh, the Yankees and Indians they have some of these divisions are so I don't know how they ever divided these up because the NL East is the Mets, Cubs, Pirates, Cardinals, Phillies, Expos, the West, the Atlanta Braves, yeah, Atlanta Braves, <laughs> the Giants, the Reds, the Dodgers, the Astros, the Padres. Yeah. I'm sure there was a lot of backroom dealing. Yeah. But so I know we ended with Matt, Dave, any, uh, Without talking about where future players might be going, any any final well, I'll, thoughts? I'll save that when I have that. I have a spot for that one. So, but yeah, for me, yeah, I tell you what, I look at in today since we get to the playoffs, my team won't be mentioned anymore here. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking at next year at this point. Since the All Star break comes with 39 to 31, uh, that's a 90 win season. If the if that, that continued from there. And I look at, you know, the pitching staff that, that uh, the starters were second in ERA since the All-Star break. And some of the young ones like Thompson and Steele and then Hughes and stuff, I, I am very much encouraged. And the guy we got from the Yankees, Wozolewski, looks, looks like the real deal without question. Yeah, Wozolewski uh, looks pretty good. Yeah, and there's, a, there's 
two kids in the minors, one Brown that he got for the Phillies. That's the guy that's averaging 1.3 strikeouts per inning. And uh, the kid from Oklahoma. Uh, so, I mean, there's the future looks looks good to me. Brennan Davis, unfortunately, lost the whole their number one option there. Lost the whole season to back injury, basically. He played, he's, he's hit the last three weeks and you know, he started the fall league out there with uh, three homers and four doubles in the first three games. So it's, he could still come here next year, but he's probably going to start at AAA again, would be my guess. But I look at the 39 and 31, I look at the enthusiasm. I look like, I look at a kid like Morrell, who may not be a starter, but attitude wise and everything, if you look what he brought to the dugout, you know, and on the field. I mean, this this kid knows every umpire. You know, I think probably knows every groundskeeper in the league and stuff. He's just so thrilled to be in the major leagues because, again, I don't know if you know the story, but he had an injury where they basically told him he'd never play baseball again. He'd be lucky if he walked and a number of other things. So, I mean, it was, you know, going through a plate glass door and just cut himself and tendons and stuff everywhere. So, I, I look at that and there's a, a lot of things for me to be positive about probably a year earlier than I thought. I mean, you know, that I think they have a, a reasonable shot at the playoffs next year. If Milwaukee had a shot this year, the Cubs will have a shot next year. I mean, they're not winning a world series yet or anything like that, but if they can scramble back to, you know, a, a 90 win season, I'd be, I'd be pretty damn happy at, at that point. So, um, and again, you're looking back at all the guys that, that they let go. I mean, the guy that stands out the most was the first guy that left. That was Schwarber. I mean, that was, and that was the one that he did kind of go, geez, really? You know, so um, I look at that and it, it's, you know, right now it looks all positive and, you know, and headed in the right direction and headed there much more quickly than, than I thought. Horner established himself as a, as a, a high-end major league ball player, not just, you know, not just a kid that finished ninth in hitting in the league. He plays defense with anybody. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what they do with Hap. He finished at 270. He finished 16th in the league in hitting. And so that, you know, a, little, a little better than some of the OPS numbers. So, um, you know, from the way the year started and then, you're basically trading away your almost your entire bullpen at uh, at, at the at the trading deadline. It's all seemed right now to, to stay on mark, and yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to co- uh, the Hoyer being back next year. You know, and, and possibly being a, a high end contributor to bullpen, late bullpen also. So, you know, hats off to him. Let's hope it keeps the hope it keeps going in the right direction. You you just never know. Yeah, I think the way they ended the season was was really, it was fun. You know, fun to watch, seeing some of the guys and the stats that they're putting up and the pitchers that they're bringing up and everything. It was, I think they've got something going, for sure. And I like the, to be honest with you, I I think the the manager they have right now is is still the right guy right now. I actually saw an article in the paper this afternoon talking about the Sox going after Joe Madden. I I was like, really? I think, yeah. I think Joe's may, may have passed his time, unfortunately. Yeah, that, that shtick uh, only lasts so long. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it fits in a certain spot and things like that and, and things, but, I mean, hell, he didn't do anything for the Angels. 
you know, so I, I would, uh, I wish the Sox well. But yeah, I'll tell you what, you know, Willie Harris is one of the guys they're looking at. Yeah, and they speak very, they very highly thought of on our site. So, but yeah, so that that's you know my take on this. I get to shut them down for a few you know, a few months and focus on my guys on ice. <laughs> Keith, any closing thoughts on uh, just the season? Yeah, you know, um, the, the Cardinals, I expected them to have a, a good season with their talent. Um, what what I think, it didn't catch me off guard, I, I guess I'd say, but as the season progressed with everything going on, um, you know, um, a lot of the focus started on uh, Arenado and Goldschmidt, but then, then as we went on, then uh, – you know, it really, uh, the, the spotlight was really on Molina, Wainwright, and Pujols. And then, of course, you know, Pujols with his uh, surge just took it off the charts. And um, so, uh, uh, you know, it's nice to have a, a playoff team. But I, I think, uh, you know, in my lifetime, this this might be, uh, and it'll sound kind of, you know, trite or corny, but this might be the most special season, I, I think, for the Cardinals um, since I've been following them. Um, now, of course, you know, when you win the World Series, the, nothing tops that. I mean, that uh, certainly, and, and you got to, as a Cardinal fan, hoping that that happens this year. But, you know, that aside, um, you'd be hard-pressed, I think, to go, go, go back through baseball history and identify a team uh, that experienced what the Cardinals did this year with the um, just the, if you want to call it confluence of events, you know, and all the different stories uh, with, uh, again, Wainwright, Molina, Pujols, and then you have, you know, Arenado and uh, Goldschmidt. I mean, what a collection of, of players. Um, And I don't even think you'd have to say arguably uh, those five will be in the Hall of Fame, you know, so you get five Hall of Famers, um, you know, uh, on the team, uh, plus uh, Paul DeYoung, you know, when he makes it. And um, (laughs) um, we'll push the clock back a little, yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe a little. Um, So, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, very satisfying. Uh, I, I think, you know, even I hate to say this, even if they, you know, lose to the Phillies. I don't know. This is a pretty unique uh, season. And I think one to really kind of uh, uh, savor, you know. Well, from the outside looking in, the the thing that that hit me about your your season this year was you can tell when a team is having fun, you know, and and enjoy and you know, poking fun at themselves a little bit here and there. Yeah, you're a little self-deprecating and you know, some of the memes, the uh, memes of the, you know, the three guys that are, you know, supposedly all retiring and, you know, things that, you know, were, were drawn up and, you know, they laughed at them and they had fun. And, you know, the pool thing really pulling it out of his backside to, to turn it on the way he down. Anybody expect, I know I didn't, that, yeah. and not that kind of resurrection anyway. You know? Yeah. Not, not like that. I mean, no. you know, the, the only other observation uh, I'd, I'd say is that, uh, uh, Marmol, the manager, uh, really uh, has flown under the radar, uh, which, is, you know, uh, for most, I think most teams, that, that's a good thing. Uh, you know, you don't want to 
have, uh, you know, your manager being questioned every week or, you know, having crazy um, uh, debatable decisions. And, you know, with everything going on with the, the guys I mentioned, um, you know, and especially before Pujols really made it a, a, a non-decision every day. I mean, he got to the point, it was like, yeah, Marmol would have created an issue if he didn't play the guy because he was just, you know, going bonkers. Uh, but before that, it was kind of a delicate balance, you know, uh, trying to find him, um, uh, well, not try. I mean, he knew he was going to get a bats, but, you know, trying to balance that. Okay, do you put him in just versus uh, left-handers um, and and all those, those issues? Uh, but again, that became a non-factor. Then beyond that, like I said, with Marmol, they're just, I can't think of anything during the season where there was a day or two or three of uh, what the heck was he thinking? Um, and, uh, you know, that'll likely change at some point, certainly. Uh, next season. Hired to be fired, right? so. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, it'll happen, but, you know, just the fact that, I mean, he's so even keeled, smart decisions, had no problems. Uh, you know, if somebody wasn't hitting, uh, they didn't play. You know, and and that was with Matheny. Um, you know, I think that was always a complaint. You know, you go back and it was like, how can he keep putting that guy in the lineup? Um, you know, I mean, it's obvious to me he shouldn't be playing. And Marmol doesn't play favorites. And um, I think that's, uh, like I said, kind of flying under the radar of, of a real strength for the Cardinals. Because if I remember right, Pools didn't start off on fire. No. Uh, I mean, he so he his first week, he – Average wise was not good, but he actually, for my eyes, I was like, he's actually hitting the ball. He's just hitting the ball right at people. Yeah, yeah, and he had a couple. Uh, and then he had, he had, a, he had some had home a, runs and RBIs. He had a rough May and June, mm-hmm. but his April wasn't horrible. But, but it, it would have been easy to, to bypass him at that point. You know, he's not going to be here next year. Yeah, you know, I was so. I mean. It, at that point, you know, it, it, he could have been overlooked, but he wasn't. So, and it worked out. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing that could have been, with so much time left in the season, that could have been very uncomfortable and awkward um, for everybody. But he he made it a non-issue. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, my biggest takeaway is just like, there's something about poetic justice in baseball, I guess is what you could say. Like, if Pujols is anywhere else, I don't think he hit 700. Cardinals fans lost out on 3,500, 600, right? But then lucked into 700, which is now, you know, and, and passing Babe Ruth for second all-time in RBIs, like, if he's still with the Angels, I don't see it happening. Well, honestly, I don't – if he doesn't leave St. Louis, I know he loses at bats with the DH not being in this in the National League. But if you look at the ballparks in the West, it's so much harder to hit home runs in. I think he is probably closer to Hank Aaron's number right now if he stayed in St. Louis for 10 years instead of going to L.A. I mean, realistically, if he just stayed healthy one year and didn't have COVID in 2020, he's closer to Aaron's number. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think for me, it's a uh, 
I will argue with anybody hands down. He is the greatest right-handed batting Major League Baseball player to ever play the game. And I say that because there's two players with 3,000 hits, over 2,000 RBIs, and 700 home runs. It's Hank Aaron. It's Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols also has three gold gloves. Aaron was not a great defender. That's why I would give that nod to Pujols because of the defense he brought. Um, But it's just – it's the end of – Cardinals baseball as we know it right now with, and that just really has to do with one guy. That's Molina, right? Like Pujols was gone for 10 years. Yachty carried that all like Arenado and Goldschmidt are here, but you know, they, they're not purebred quote unquote Cardinal guys, right? They were mercenaries. Yeah. They they didn't come up in the system. Um, one stat that they mentioned that Bill DeWitt mentioned. So they had this big farewell on Sunday for the Cardinal or for Pujols and Molina. One stat that Bill DeWitt mentioned, and I did not believe it, but I did check into it. The last time the Cardinals did not have a Hall of Fame player in their uniform, player, not just manager, was 1908. Whether, you know, wow. it's. Like, guys I've never heard of that are in the Hall of Fame, like Ron or Roger Brisham and then Miller Huggins. But then you go to, like, Roger Hornsby to Frankie Frisch to Johnny Mize to Stan Musial to Lou Brock uh, to Ted Simmons to Ozzie Smith. Here's here's where the stretch happens that helped them out was they signed Dennis Eckersley from 97 to 90 to 2000. So, technically, they got a Hall of Famer for – four years there and then pools came up in 2001 and Molina has been here ever since. And then you add in Arenado. I mean, you don't even count if you, if you want to argue that Goldschmidt isn't for sure one, Arenado's a for sure one. So he's still here for seven more years. As long as, I mean, I don't, people are saying he might opt out. I don't think he opts out just tomorrow, Friday. He'll see what playoff baseball is like in St. Louis. And I think he'll be, he'll be set. I don't think he's going to just pass up on uh Hundred and forty one guaranteed million dollars for the next seven years. Or whatever the amount is. But yeah, I think for me it's just the season near the end, like right, you kind of get to the point where you're like, oh my god, like they play again. I don't really want to watch this one. But like now looking back, now it's like until the NHL NHL starts in two weeks, it's kind of like, oh, we don't have a sporting event every night that we can just throw on on the background. We have Monday, we have Thursday, we have Saturday, Sunday. You know, without baseball, like baseball, even hockey, it's not every night. It's just, you know, not set days like football. It, it We're coming to a – it's a little dead period where it's like there was so many – so much stuff. I do it every year. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can put – oh, wait, there's no sporting event to watch tonight. I don't know what I'm going to do. But – Preseason basketball going on. Matt – in in St. Louis, Missouri, we do not get preseason basketball. <laughs> One and two, I don't care about preseason basketball. Or really, I don't care about the NBA. Period. I know. <laughs> no, I you know to your point though about the Cardinals, it's just it was really nice with Pools because if if he had stayed, if he went to LA and then they let him go and nobody signed him, or he stayed with the the Angels. Uh, you know, the sorry, the Dodgers, but if you stay with the Angels, it, 
not that he wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame and not that he wouldn't have been, you know, the great player that he was, but he just kind of went there and did this slow fade like everybody else does and they go over to Anaheim and you kind of get forgotten about. And I think him coming back to St. Louis, chasing the 700, it re it got everybody back on track and then brought him back to like the forefront of how good of a player he really is and was. Well, so it was nice. And I think that could have just been glossed over and forgotten about. And he would have faded off into oblivion and, you know, made it into the hall of fame most likely. Maybe, maybe, yeah, he would have, but you know, it's just, it was nice to kind of have this swan song and to remind everybody of like how amazing he really is. You know, to that point, like people rip on him for such like having quote bad numbers in LA, right? This might, if you think, I think it's more to how great his first 11 years were in St. Louis, but he is still fifth tied for fourth all time in angels home runs with 222, tied or ninth all time in doubles with 214, uh, seventh in total bases at with 2062, and fifth all time in RBIs with 783. Like yeah, I mean, he, he had a, he had a, a nice career just <laughs> there. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. I mean, now again, a lot of the leaders and some of the stuff, Garrett Anderson, Mike Trout, Tim Salmon, but you know, I don't know. I, I, I would still take pools over trout in a debate. You know, oh, I think so. yeah, for sure. Point. Especially mm-hmm. all time, no matter what, but I kind of go back to when we talked uh, a couple weeks ago about the uh, all-time player list and that Albert Pujols was 31 behind Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez. And I just sit there and laugh and laugh. Like, yeah, just like, you know, some of the biasness. Yeah, but is that also, a, 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 you know, a reason for him being over in you know Anaheim for as long as he was and just didn't win anything, didn't do anything, put up stats, but maybe they weren't. You know, top no, but they were great stats. It has everything to do that he didn't play on the East Coast. He could have been playing in Chicago, and it would have been the same. You know, it's because it wasn't a Yankee, Red Sox, yeah. yeah, Philly, Met. That's all it was. Like we went through that list. Remember, like what was it? The first twenty-five. Like there's all but two of them played on the East Coast their whole career. Let me ask you an interesting question. When you because you just mentioned it, and it just kind of hit me funny. You remember when Pujols was leaving, there was talk that possibly Chicago was a place he was coming. If he had played for the Cubs for those years instead of the Angels, how do you think it might have been different when he came back now? Um, yeah, or or would he have come back? <laughs> or, 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 or would he? I mean, you know, how would So if, if you're asking me that question, I would say that the city of Chicago media would have sucked the life out of him and he would have retired three years ago. <laughs> like if, if he if he had I, I, I just went Meyer alone could do that to you. Yeah. If he if if he like stayed on the path he was in LA where he kind of started to fall off. I, I, think, yeah. I think they would have he he would have lost the love for the game and been like i'm i'm done three years ago honestly like i think that's what it would have been he would have went into the hall of fame as a cardinal it would have you know been whatever and that you know it wouldn't be as i mean face it his numbers, romantic. his numbers probably would have been better here mm-hmm. 
Maybe. Maybe. I mean, it depends on some of those days in April and September and and October and August with the wind blowing in. Well, plus don't forget he would have he would have had for that you know, the, you know the the playoff five, the five year playoff run and everything else. He had he had pretty good teams hitting around him. Well, yeah. and he also would have had uh, depending on the Mike season, Trump. 15, 19 games at that band box in Cincinnati. So you know, but let, let's be know. real. If they signed Pujols, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have got Rizzo. They wouldn't have had Bryant because they wouldn't have been drafted where they were drafted. They wouldn't have had you know. Think about that because I mean, especially without them if they have pool holes they're not the worst team in baseball in 2014 and they don't get chris bryant in 15 or whatever or when or 13 14 whatever it was right or second worst team because nationals took strasburg but you know but there were, yeah, there were other good players in the top 10 i mean they might not have been as good they would have been, they're still on path to be pretty damn good at that point and so he and, and well, him in the middle of that lineup so but that may have done better but that's why. But then you wouldn't have. They wouldn't have traded for Rizzo, who is the whole catalyst of the team. Well, because where was Rizzo going to play as a first baseman? Well, yeah, There's at no, that point that would have been a problem. Yeah, exactly. You know, like that's. I mean, if if you I, say, I'm just talking about the stigma of if he if he had the, the stench of a Cub hat on coming back to St. Louis. Let's we'll call it what it is. How would it? How would it? You know, the difference of deep down know, at that point. Deep down. Uh, I don't think he would have ever signed with the Cubs, but I think it would have just been looked at like, okay, we got the best of your years. They got the slop. Have fun. You know, that's kind of how it would have been. And not, and that would have been the end of it. You know, but I, I don't think, I think pools is a rare breed in the hatred. I mean, hatred's a strong word to use, but, the rivalry dislike. I think he's a rare breed where that actually still like him and Molina, maybe Wainwright. And I don't know if there's, I don't know on the Cardinals. I don't really think there's many more. I'm trying to think throughout baseball. I just don't, there doesn't feel like there's those guys that just are like, yeah, I just don't like that team for, you know, they're our rival. I don't like it. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. Wilson Contreras came out and said, he would be more than interested if the Cardinals came calling me and I already reached out to Jose Quintana and asked what it was like, which is kind of a little baffling that he just came out and said it randomly. Well, well here's the you thing. Know. Here's the thing when you look at him. If they were going to sign him, they would have signed him already. I mean, well, yeah, yeah. So he's gone. How bad does some of the reports have to be back to the management from – uh, you Darvish from Kyle Hendricks from these other people about his catching skills. I mean, it's got to be damning. I mean, it's because offensively, he's as good as they get. You know, that you could argue this guy over that guy, you know, any given year, but offensively, he's as good as they get. He's got a great arm and something, and it, it, nobody's ever going to accuse the guy of taking a day off that he plays his ass off every game. How bad does the, you know, I hate to call it framing because framing isn't, uh, I'm not sure that's the, the whole big deal. And you got the automatic strike call that's coming anyway. But there's got to be something about the way he calls a game. And it, and it was actually Steve Stone who brought it out on an interview at, at the Science Radio saying that, you know, that there, were, you know, there were some rumors that his, his game calling preparation, his game preparation and stuff is the part that's killing him on stuff because. 
how he didn't go at the trade deadline, nobody was willing to give much of anything. And now, you know, there's nobody clamoring at the door and stuff like that. I I don't know. I don't see it. I I thought he, you know, to me he looked you know pretty good on all that stuff, but I'm not a pitcher. Yeah. So, so what's what's the scuttle? But you know, in the scouting world, there's got to be something. There's got to be something there. It, it can't I, it can't be nothing. You want to know what I think it is? It's smoke and mirrors. The Cubs were asking for too much. They couldn't get what they wanted. So now they're trying to backtrack and say, well, the teams just don't like him as much. Because remember when he first came up. They were saying, oh, he's, he calls a great game. He's great defensive. Like, he had the best framing. I think I think it's spinning numbers in their favor to. Well, now, when he first came up, they used to pull him out and put David Ross in to finish yeah. games. But John Lester didn't want to throw to Contreras. Right. Well, Lester, and, yeah, I, mean, but... so there's, I mean, we're talking about some serious pitchers there. That, you know, that, you know, running the mill guys, they're, there has to be something to it. There, there's no. Can it be fixed? Can it be all that kind of stuff? I don't know. I mean, the guy's like he, he's got to play hard for wherever he goes to. I mean, but if if it was if it was nothing, he'd be maybe signing him to an extension right now, and, and that'd be over. But it's not. It's obviously not nothing. I think they want to just turn. I think my personal belief is they're doing this because they want the easy way out of being able to say. We completely turned the page from that whole era because they got so much grief for the. I mean, but let's he be real. Was barely part of it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, he was first, the, his first year. I mean, it's. I mean, uh, and he had Montoya who caught. You know, you had he, was, he was. He was in the core with Rizzo and all them until they all left. Like that was. That was the core. It was Contreras, Baez, Bryant, Rizzo. So but that's my point. Came up, Contreras came up in sixteen. Yeah, but he, I'm, but they all stuck around until twenty or twenty-one. So they were there together five years still. And, yeah, then and I think they, if it wasn't for COVID, they would have been gone sooner. But I'm just saying, I think I think they're using this as an easy way to be able to turn the page because let's be real. Besides, <clears throat> and you don't fully know what Armstrong Crow Armstrong's going to be. They got absolute dog crap back in the Schwarber trade and the Rizzo trade and the Bryant trade, you know, like they didn't. Well, so no, now, no. Hang on in the Bryant trade. That guy's coming yet. Well, that's, that's your young shortstop. And then also Cassio, they got three players in their top 20 uh, recruits out of it. You know, the, the Darvish trade. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff that, you know, that they, they went for and got much younger guys, they, you know, kids right out of high school and stuff like that. It was, you know, they, they took the high end of the three to four year away as opposed to the mediocre uh, a year or two away type thing. So you, you can't call all those yet and stuff like that. And, and when you're trading at the deadline for people whose contracts are expiring, you, you, I mean, what they got is still pretty amazing. The, the, Mets, the Mets are the ones they got that hoisted in that whole thing. But, you know, we'll, we'll see as, as they come. So it's... I see. I I don't. I still think they would because they got to know if he if he goes to St. Louis and tears it up and, and haunts them for the next. Forget Lou Brock at that point. If he goes to St. Louis and tears it up for the next even five years and haunts them or something, they know it's going to be hell. And so that's it. 
they got to be they got to be some confidence somewhere that he's not that well liked from a pitching staff standpoint. I it's the only thing that makes any sense. The only way the Cardinals sign him to five years is if he's a pure DH. I honestly don't think they go after him at all. I think they will keep Andrew Kisner and go after somebody like Tucker Barnhart, who's going to be a one to two year guy. Cause they have Yvonne Herrera, who they think is going to be the next Molina who spent some time here this year when Molina was hurt and was in triple a, I don't think, I don't think they're going to spend the money on Contreras. I don't, I'm not sure anybody is. That's the, I mean, you look around, the Mets, the Mets didn't pull the trigger. Houston, I don't know why they ever even think about it. Houston's fine. They're behind the plate. Well, Maldonado, no, Maldonado's hitting like 120 or something. They're yeah, but he, catcher. So you got your, when you got your catcher and the other guy hits. I mean, so, I mean, it's, I, I don't know what the story is there. There's just, there's got to be a lot more to it. I mean, some, some pitchers got to speak up somewhere or something because it's, it can't just be a little thing. You know, if it was just, if it was just framing, even that, it can't be enough. So it, it just, it, it, I mean, it makes, it makes no sense from what we know. But it, I was saying, whenever it comes out, it's got to be a, it's got to be more than, a, than, you know, a gnat on an elephant's butt. I mean, it's, it, it's it's a major stain somewhere from, you know, some <laughs> major league pitchers. I mean, when you when the aces of your staff don't want to throw to your catcher, that's a problem. <laughs> well, we'll move on to uh, the last topic I wanted to touch on before we talk about predictions. Uh, so we can, Matt, you kind of brought it up a little bit, and so did Keith with the uh or, and well Dave did too with the managers for the White Sox. Uh so there was a, an article put together um by Scott Merkin on whitesox.com and he put together a list of potential candidates for managers for the White Sox next year. And tell me if any of these you guys already <laughs> mentioned Willie Harris. We've already talked about AJ Przinsky. Um, Miguel Cairo, Joe Madden slash Joe Girardi. A couple other names that are on here. Walt Weiss, the bench coach for the Braves, who was a complete dud in Colorado. Miguel Cairo, Chris Getz, who you brought up last week, Matt. Um, Matt Quatraro, who is with the Rays as their bench coach. I don't know if doesn't exactly scream a name that is known. Um, Joe Espada, the bench coach for the Astros. And then three names that I think are intriguing. One name I actually think should be the guy. Uh, the two names that are kind of intriguing. I don't know if – well, let's – Jim Tomey as one. Yeah, I'm, I got the list up in front of me now too, which I didn't even know he was. I know he's been around, but I don't think like in a man. He has a man, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It seems like a. Uh, the next one, I don't know if I baseball. Guy. I mean, awesome. I don't. I don't know if baseball would be ready for this, uh, but I think actually would probably be a good hire for the roster if they were going to keep the roster the same. Carlos Beltran. 
Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then the guy, the, the yeah. guy who I would like to see have it, because I think you need a like Steve Stone made the comment about you need a veteran presence, right? You can't have a can't have a guy that you're going to waste learning curves on, right? Bruce Bochy. Yeah, but is he? Yeah, I mean, what? How old is he? Sixty-seven. They're not going to bring in anybody with no management experience. They've already been pretty clear with that. And they want champ. They want somebody that's been to championships. I mean, he, they, and he they, wants, they follow what they said. There's only a few candidates out there. Didn't so, have some health issues, wasn't he? Uh, no. Yeah, he stepped down because he had heart problems. Matt, Urban Meyer stepped down because he had heart problems. <laughs> well, yeah. Urban Meyer has head problems. That's a, that's a different <laughs> issue. No, I, I think I think Bochy. Yeah. Do you remember when Bochy stepped down with those heart problems? Nah, vaguely. Not really. It was the spring training or right before 2019, the last time the Giants had the worst record in the major leagues. Yeah, yeah. So he was just done. Yeah, yeah. You know, Posey was out the whole season that year. Mm-hmm. I think Bochy would be good for what they need as a manager. I think Carlos Beltran would be a guy that could probably get the most out of some of those Latin players. But I don't know if the MLB would be ready to let Beltran back in after what happened in Houston and him being hired to be the Mets manager in 19 and then instantly told no because of everything that was happening. Yeah, that was interesting. Well, Willie Harris sounds interesting. Just, I mean, I don't know. Just because he's been, you know, with the White Sox. He's been in Chicago. He's minor league coach for the White Sox, too. And I guess he's pretty highly regarded. I, I don't want to see, like, an A.J. Pruszynski. I don't I don't think I want to see Jimmy Tony either. I just – it just feels like a uh, another Robin Ventura. You know, you're going to come in. It's going to be – So does Willie Harris. <laughs> I mean, you're taking a guy who had – what three good moments with the White Sox as a player, and then hoping yeah, he makes that magic got... again as a manager? Yeah, I don't know. Joe Girardi. Oh, oh. The, the, last two, the last two times have not gone well for him. Nico, uh... I think the last three times pretty much. Right? Actually, you know who? If if they weren't coming off of Tony Larusa, who I think would be actually the perfect fit for this team, is. Mike Schilt, but him and Larusa, him and Larusa are too similar. Yeah, I just, I don't. I mean, I think Schilt managers somewhere <clears throat> relatively quickly. Just don't know if the White Sox are the. Uh, you you can't bring a manager who expects people to play hard. Yes, you got to bring somebody as a. Because the roster, I, I guarantee the roster won't be as good. Who's watching Spanish? Not me. Did anybody else hear that? Cut, I heard they cut me. Oh, you, you know, now I'm, I have a video uh, on, on Twitter, something from the Ukraine war. Oh, it's, maybe that's but, what it was. Maybe it wasn't it's, Spanish. It's real low. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Picked it up. Man. Good. Mostly by your microphone somehow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Good mic. And I, um, thought, I thought, too, I thought it was Mexico City cut news. Like <laughs> <laughs> One of our thousands of fans. 
So we'll move on to uh, predicting. This is we're going to go rapid fire here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go by each person. Um, so we'll go Dave first. So Dave, Tampa Bay, Cleveland, who wins that wild card matchup? You think? Other race. And then so then it would be the Yankees versus the Rays. Who do you have? Okay, so it's the Yankees versus the Rays. I'm going to go with the Yankees. Seattle, Toronto, and the other wild card? Toronto. Seattle's picked a, a, tie, a bad time to, to really play very poorly. And then it would be uh, Houston versus Toronto then. And I'd be going with the Astros. All right. Keith A.L., Rays, Guardians. I'm going to go with Guardians. <clears throat> Yankees, Guardians. But it doesn't make any difference because the Yankees. <laughs> Mariners, Blue Jays. Uh, I'm going with Mariners. I think uh, first time playoffs in forever. They're going to be reinvigorated. Houston, Mariners. But we'll promptly get wiped out by the Astros. So. <laughs> <laughs> Matt? Uh, yeah, I, too, will go with the Guardians. I, I, they've found the right time to play the best kind of baseball, and they just don't make any errors. I, I, they're good. So, um, yeah, they just play a sound baseball. Yankees, Guardians? Yankees. Yeah, I don't see that. Mariners, Blue Jays? Uh, I like the Blue Jays. I go with the Blue Jays and then Houston. It's, you know. All right. I got uh... – Cleveland, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays. I think Houston's been off too long. And uh, as I say that, they almost threw a no-hitter yesterday against the Phillies. But, you know. I don't know. I think – I don't know. Like, it just feels like – I don't know. Something, something special could happen in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, if and, 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 and plus, if they get to the World Series, it'd be all hell because half the teams don't have their full teams vaccinated, and you know you have to be vaccinated. Oh, that'd be Toronto. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think Toronto was one of my early season picks to go deep too. So I don't know. I will have tomorrow or next week. I will have uh, all of the. Um, We'll look at all of what we actually predicted division winners to and see how, how far off we were and what our World Series were. Because I think I actually had Toronto and the Mets in my World Series, if I remember right. That sounds right. Yeah, I think I might have. Toronto. And I had, I had Scherzer and Barrios as the, as the uh, Cy Youngs and Tyler O'Neill as the NL MVP. That didn't work out too well. And same thing with Xander Bogarts. <laughs> hey, guys. Want to keep up to date on all your sporting news? Head on over to our new website, sportsdividedsn.com, and sign up for our emails. You'll get emails anytime there's new content created and posted on our website. We're looking to be your sports news provider. We promise to give you our best content about the teams you and we care about the most. Again, the website is sportsdividedsn.com. Go on over and check us out. Um, all right, so Dave, Phillies at the Cardinals. 
I, I tell you, this was a, this was a tough one the way the Phillies were putting runs on the board. But I'm 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 going to go with the Cardinals for one series because I think they right now they're some they're going to find a way to win. But yeah, the, the Phillies bats are really hot right now. But I don't think the Phillies have the pitching. Uh, Padres Mets. Uh, Padres. All right, so you got Cardinals and uh, Braves. Braves. And then Dodgers, Padres. Dodgers. Keith? Uh, what's my Philly, first series here? Phillies <laughs> Phillies, <laughs> Phillies, and Cardinals. Oh, oh, I've heard of that team. Uh, I'll go with the Cardinals. <clears throat> Padres and Mets? Uh, uh, I'm going to go with the Mets. Dodgers, Mets. Dodgers. Cardinals, Braves. You know, my heart wants to go with the Cardinals, but I just I, – I, I got to go with the Braves. Matt? Phillies, Cardinals? Cardinals. Uh, Padres, Mets? Mets. Dodgers, Padres? Or, sorry, Dodgers, Mets? Um. Yeah, I mean, it's just got to – yeah, I go with the Dodgers. It's, it's hard not to. I it can see it go one way, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Cardinals, Braves. I, I just, I don't know. I think it, Cardinals. Uh, so I have the Padres beating the Mets. I have the Dodgers beating the uh, Padres. Um, the Cardinals over the Phillies. And what is a storybook season without at least getting to the ALCS with the way Molina and Pujols are riding off for the sunset right now? So there's probably some devil magic that'll get a Dodgers-Cardinals NLCS. Like, you know, we've had several times. Oh, no, I'd like to see that because the Cardinals have the Dodgers number. Yeah, especially in the postseason. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. We don't maybe not in the regular season, but postseason comes around. All yeah, of a sudden, oh, yeah. Kershaw, it's, it's called Kershawing when you have your hands on your knees and your head up in the air as Matt Adams or Matt Carpenter take you deep in the seventh inning. Yeah, the, the Dodgers just got to be thinking, oh crap, keep up, that keep happen. them away. Yeah, the only so to to the point of the Phillies, I I think the Cardinals. Their starting pitching with Quintana and Montgomery can do a good job minimizing the Schwarber Harper damage because of left on left, which helps the Cardinals. That's the only thing that I think like, and then I'm just kind of praying that they beat the, the dot, the Braves. I think, you know, but I do think the Braves LS one from 2019, where we ended up winning the NLDS like 19 to two in game five. It was, yeah. It was, when they like, scored 10 <laughs> runs in the first inning. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. it was, <laughs> It was Just. embarrassing for them. Um, yeah. I'll tell you, the, the Braves are, like you said, are, they're it's a tough team, and they, they tracked down the Mets when you didn't think they really had a shot at them. But did they track them down, or did the Mets do what the Mets do? Well, yeah, the Mets, the Mets did did what the Mets. Now they still, the Mets still end up with what a hundred wins. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 No, I know. Yeah, hundred and hundred one wins. Yeah. Both completely. Here, but right? Dave, let's be real. They lost six to the Cubs. Six well, of seven they, to the Cubs. Yes, yes, they did. If they split with the Cubs, guess who wins the division? Well, the New they, York Mets. 
They also went down the stretch. Like, the point is, is they ended up with 100. But down the stretch, they lost two or three to the Nationals. And they lost two or three to the Marlins. And they got well, swept they also had, home had, by the Cubs. They had the games with the Braves available with it. And own. they got swept. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That's what I mean by the the Bra- the Mets being the Mets. They're, they just. That's why they're, that's why they're done now. I mean. Pot- Pond scum's always going to be pond scum, no matter the color, the number of time, no matter the day. Uh, <laughs> For those who didn't know, that's what St. Louis likes to refer to the Mets, especially around the 80s, was pond scum. Yeah. Just because of the filth that was in New York at the time and uh, that they were second fiddle to the Yankees all those, all those years. <laughs> and still are. But uh, we will move on to the NFL. Um, touch on... The Bears, um, and just uh, well, we'll let we'll let uh, our resident Bears season ticket holder start this one off. Matt, Bears, Giants, what'd you think of the? Uh, let's let's ask let's let's direct you in a. What'd you think of the fourth quarter when the Giants had no quarterback whatsoever on their roster, healthy enough to play? Let's go ahead and start with the beginning. Um, <laughs> it's called a bootleg. Learn how to stop it, defense. There were a, there were a couple nice throws from Justin Fields uh, in the beginning. There was a laser down the center of the field, and there was a deep ball to uh, – I can't remember who it was. Um, but uh, yeah, was, the Mooney, Mooney caught the one. Mooney, yeah. Mooney was one of the three catches catch. of the year. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was beautifully thrown balls. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the, the Bears – are who we thought they were and it's just look like i don't i don't know i it's it's hard to to understand what they're really trying to do i don't i don't i just don't i don't know I, like are are they sabotaging are they do they not trust in the justin fields i, I don't well okay so you want you want a stat you want a stat that uh goes to your point um do you know how many rushing attempts Justin Fields has on the on the season as a quarterback? I think it, he has more rushing attempts than he does completions. 34 and 34. Yeah. 34 <clears throat> 34 completions. Completions. He has he's not uh, he's not he has only 60 67 attempts. 34 yeah, completions. They, 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 these coaches are their their hands are tied. I mean, you know, they and they're they're kind of caught in no man's land uh, because they, you know, you want to win some games, but you also want to develop the quarterback. But if the quarterback has shown you that it ain't happening, then what do you? I mean, do you just keep on putting him back there. Well, he he, he can't, he's it's not happening partly because of him, but partly because you know he's you know like this past game he got sacked six times. You know, yeah, six. That's what I was getting, six times for nineteen yards. But I, yeah, I so listen to Trent Dilfer on the radio here. Taking apart the game. Now, here's a guy, you know, he, 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 went, he went to the Super Bowl not being a great quarterback. And yet, he's able to pull this game apart. Basically, he said 50% of the reads he read the wrong, either read the wrong well, play or the wrong guy. That, so that's what I was going to say was to Keith's, to Keith's point, right? Like, it's, I think the most frustrating thing with Justin Fields is he actually, like, as much as I don't like saying this because I wish they never would have drafted him, he has a decent skill set to be a 
very more than serviceable quarterback in the NFL. He has no functionality of his brain to process in time to make those skill sets. That's work. the problem. Yeah, and, and that's the, the worst part. Yeah, that the, the catch is that they have to call plays for him. <clears throat> they have to call plays for him that it it you know a receiver is designated and do that play. Uh, don't don't do anything else. Throw to that guy. Uh, other than that, it's scrambling. And but if he has to actually make a decision. Then and and you know and and playing quarterback in the NFL that's not possible. You can't you you know you can't script you can't call every play because uh, the defense is going to react and and you know and that that play is going to go to crap and then you got the quarterback's got to figure it out well, and then bam uh, that ain't happened with him no, and you know no, after two years it it just doesn't seem like uh, oh. yeah, like with Trubisky you know you either got it or you don't. And, and don't forget uh, about one play in general that was. A play where uh, he ended up throwing into, into triple coverage, mm-hmm. but he, he looked down first and he had Komet with nobody near him, right? 15 yards in front of him. He said he actually looked at him and cocked his arm and then realized that wasn't his first choice. So he didn't throw it off and he threw it into triple coverage down the field. He mm-hmm. goes, he, he, he's, he, he you just can't do that. You know, you got to, you know, maybe he wasn't supposed to be open when. When you stare right at him and there's nobody to 10 yards of him, throw him the damn ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so some of the advanced stats for Justin Fields are, uh, are they make it even worse. So uh, his average completion air yards is seven yards, meaning the average completion he's throwing, the amount of the ball co- or the air the ball covers. Yeah. Wide receiver screen. <laughs> his average, his well, this is seven yards downfield, not not just seven not, yards. Yeah, not any seven direction. yards in any direction. Yeah. Um, the average intended air yards is nine point three, so he's a negative two point three, meaning that he's not completing anything downfield. Which, uh, well, yeah, and in today's NFL, um, you are not going to be successful um, like that, or depending on your running game, because you're you're just not going to win. Well, yeah, I mean, but they've well, had they've had really solid run games in the first, you know, three games of the season. So they've been leaning on that a lot. And I, I just don't know if they've been opening it up. I, it's, but I don't know if they can. If you, you, the offensive line has been serviceable. Um, Matt, Matt, awful. They're serviceable. They're serviceable when it comes to oh. running the ball. Right. Mm-hmm. Think of even the. The Packers game with how much like he got away, but think of all the pressure that they had. Like, well, that's a, yes. Well, because they, they're they're dialing up blitzes left and right, and and Justin Fields is doesn't know where to go with the ball. They're not even dialing. The Packers weren't even dialing up blitzes. They were just showing a blitz and having some guy drop out, and he just couldn't read it. <laughs> he couldn't read to slide the coverage one way or the other, right? Like, but go ahead. Yeah. Um, it's I I don't know I I just I don't see the the opening it up for Justin Fields to actually you don't have the players and I don't know you know Justin Fields like yeah like your your best receiving weapon well I don't even think Cole Komet is anything more than an offensive tackle 
And then you have okay, Dan Orlovsky. That was exactly what he is. said on Get Up. And it's the truth, though. But it's the truth. He's can't. He's, he's <laughs> so lumbering. He doesn't. No, well, but it's not even just that. It's they need him to. They like, they can only. They need to at least keep one tight end in, or they need a running back in to help block. Otherwise, like like they can't. They can't empty it out. They cannot no. empty out the backfield. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> And Once you take the run off the, off the table, look out. You have nobody it's not, creating It's anything. not even that point I'm talking about, Dave. I'm talking about because he can't rely on the five guys to block four guys. Yeah. Well, so they, they have to have somebody do, else in there. rely on him to pick the right tie out. Well, that's a, yeah. again, that's a whole other thing that we have some – I have some more whole, stats, but I'll let Matt finish Orlovsky's his point. thing, though, too, to his point, he just gave Justin Fields a big out. And I don't think Justin Fields gets it out. It's not just yeah. they just survive. I don't, I don't think he's not. given Justin Fields the out. I think he was trying to give the new management and the new coach the out. Yes. To be able to say, you know, you guys got left with nothing along with a quarterback that needs a lot of help. Yeah. Well, and also think about even, you know, he had the two nice passes in the first half, but even the one, uh, you know, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a nice pass, but it was more of Mooney's catch, you know, yeah. laying out and, and diving to catch that. And, and, and uh, but so anyway, you got to give him credit for that, but um, there were a number of passes that just weren't on the mark and um, you know, and, and there, you know, there might've been some pressure, but it's, it's not like he was being dragged down there. There were several uh, unpressured uh, uh, throws that were just plain bad. And, you know, you look at that, you look at the big picture and, you know, whether you improve your offensive line, whether you get better receivers, call better plays. Uh, to me, he just doesn't pass the eye test. It's not happening. And, uh, you know, you, you would know, and, and we've talked about this before, um, you know, there certainly are quarterbacks that have figured it out after, you know, a couple of years, you know, in the league, maybe three years, whatever. But for the most part, you know what you got and this is this is not happening and i think the bears are going to be in the market for drafting a quarterback come uh, next spring i don't think he's any different than jones is in, with the giants right the giants have been waiting for the same and jones has got a good arm he can scramble he does so he makes poor decisions mm-hmm. real poor. but matt so go back to, go back to your point with dan orlowski was making about the whiteouts because we want to drive this home and i'll let you drive it home well, no. Since you brought it up. I was going to talk about it, but you brought it up first, so go ahead. No, it's just that there isn't – I don't know. You know, it's, it's just that Justin Fields – it's hard. It's hard to it's hard to pinpoint. I mean, he hasn't looked good, but the, the team isn't good. I, I don't know how, you, how you're able to definitively say one way or the other or, or what's, what's progress when you're scrambling and you're, you're getting pressure, but you, you don't have anybody open to throw the ball to. So you try to force it or, you know, you don't go to your second or third reads. You, you, I don't even know if you can go to the second or third reads. So you run the ball, right? You're on the box. It's easier on your offensive line. We've got two pretty good running backs when, you know, Montgomery's healthy and, and it's worked. So it's, it's in that respect. Yeah. You want to win the football game, but you also want to make, you know, teach, learn, get better and and see some progress out of the team and i i don't i think they're just kind of in this middle ground where they don't want to completely lose games um to try to have a teaching moment because you've seen that in the pros before and it's it's pathetic because these are all you know professional athletes but i think 
we'd probably rather watch that and see week after week something look a little bit better, um, you know, in, in the passing game and with the, with the quarterback. And we'll take the losses, but you, you got to you you've got to lean one direction or the other. And I it just feel like they're clipping his wings, but I feel at the same point he doesn't have anybody really with any skill to, to get him the ball. Well, he was, he was surrounded at Ohio State the last couple of years. I mean. And you look at Olave this year. Now they actually, you know, throwing the ball to him. So these guys were great. He had some great receivers at Ohio State the last couple of years. You know, and they bailed and him out of a lot of stuff. And it covers up a lot of flaws. I, so you, know, you can put the ball in an area. You don't have to put it right on the money. And I, I don't know mm-hmm. that, you know, we, I, they're just, we just don't have the talent surrounding him. And I just don't think he's there yet. And I to know that he is or he isn't, I don't, know that we can make that call but then now that you get into the Mitch Trubisky territory where it's like oh it's kind of the same you know he, he's got it we just need to you know give him some more weapons and this and that and you do and you get the defense and then you see like oh this isn't this isn't good so and then you just waste years and you've been going around and around like this for a while so he's losing his job in Pittsburgh too so yeah <laughs> that's already done that's already done but to your point Matt I think progress is what Dave talked about well the picture I showed last week where you have a check down that can pick up positive yards and you still throw the ball down, you, like you still make the decision to throw the ball downfield and to double, triple coverage, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's progress is just being able, like, even if you're not fully reading it, you're seeing enough to where I can be like, I can check it down to this. Like people gave Sam Bradford shit here in St. Louis for being a check down. Carl is what they called him because he was just constantly throwing it to the back and out of the backfield in the flat. Right. But it's an easy, at least yeah, he was at least he was staying positive and trying to stay in front yeah. of the sticks instead of yeah. sacked or picked exactly. and completed, you know. Yeah, but, exactly. I mean, a three or four yard gain uh is is better than you know throwing the ball down the field, uh, you know, uh, at worst interception, uh, you know, or an incompletion. Um you know, yeah, and just yeah, like you said, keep ahead of the sticks. If um, you che- if you check it down on second down, and you pick up four, hey, guess what? It's second and six instead of or third and six instead of third and ten because you try to go twelve yards downfield, right? But also, so to your point, Matt, what the biggest thing that Dan Olofsky was saying was Darnell Mooney's a three in any actual good offense, and St. Brown and Pringle and all those guys in Kansas City they were all fives in in Green Bay they were fives mm-hmm. they barely saw the field they were on special teams, right? Mm-hmm. So that was his point was like your one through three are three and fives everywhere else in the league right yeah and you can and, single coverage all these guys with with your defensive backs and you know you didn't it's just it, it doesn't you don't have anybody there that's just going to break open like you see justin jefferson everybody on the field knows he's the best receiver that somehow he's, he's always just wide open you know and yeah. it's just because he's that good or they scheme it that well or you you have that gap of talent from the defensive backs or, you know, the safeties, the cornerbacks versus the wide receiver, he's able to just get open. I think Justin Fields can hit somebody that's as wide open as, as Justin Jefferson gets. So I'm not yeah. think he needs a wide receiver, Justin Jefferson level to be good, but it's like, I don't know. I, he, needs something, he needs something better than a guy who should be in the slot every single time. Right. Like Darnell right. Mooney. But, well, and so- Poles really, Poles really has his work cut out for him here because Matt, uh, I, I think accurately pointed out, yeah, I mean, yeah, Fields is not playing well, but you just have so many other issues um, that where do you start? And they're all so interrelated. So, I mean, you can't blame it on just one thing. 
uh, everything impacts everything else. And so I, I don't know. I mean, well, they've only got what twenty something guys from last year's squad. Well, you have you have a hundred million dollars in cap room next year, so that's that's one yeah. way you can. And what would friend, be nice is if we had a receiver this year to work with Justin Fields and for and make him. Yeah, run. you know what, you know, you know why you didn't because they traded that first round pick that they could have used to get somebody for Justin Fields. If, if I'm polls, you know who I actually call? I'll, I got one more point that I was going to make about fields, but real quick, do you know who I call if I'm Brian polls about a wide receiver? He's signed now. Terry McLaurin. Yeah. Washington, well, Washington, you guys suck. We'll give you a first round pick and, you know, a, I don't know, Rokon Smith yeah. for Terry McLaurin. Pair him with Justin Fields. Yeah. I'd love to see that. But so then Bayless just, Jones was supposed to come uh, back and make his yeah his return from injury and then fumbles the, the yeah I'll tell you my fear so, is that go out and get somebody uh, reality. This is painful. Like so the thing out. the thing is is they're also hyping up all these guys. They're hyping up a lot of guys. Like I saw Jones play at Tennessee. He wasn't anything really special. Yeah. In a simple offense. But to, so to college, that's where I was going with this point. Does anybody know? why Justin Fields left Georgia. Didn't they bring in somebody else? No. Well, he was a freshman. He lost the job to Jake Fromm because right, he right. could because he couldn't run a pro style offense that Kirby Smart wanted to run down in Georgia. Whoops. Whoops. Right now he can't run a pro style offense in the NFL. Well yeah, but the Bears don't run a pro style offense. So <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. middle school offense well semi-pro <laughs> flag football it's territory uh, but no to, my, to that point though like it, like i didn't even think about that coming out like if he couldn't compete he couldn't win the job as a good enough game manager reading a play at georgia on a team that was yeah you know that was that was the year he left his first year in uh in Ohio State was the year that Tua threw the touchdown to Devontae Smith to beat Georgia in the national championship game in overtime. And he couldn't, he wasn't, he couldn't be the quarterback that year because he just couldn't beat out a true freshman and Jake Fromm, who is now a fourth string or third string quarterback in Indianapolis or Buffalo, wherever he is now. I don't know where he's at now, but remember, we even talked about. Drafting from when we talked about that, we're like, Oh, from would be great in the third or fourth round to like yeah. maybe keep behind Trubisky and see about you know. But, um, the last stat on Justin Fields so there's next gen has all the advanced stats, right? So they have this stat called completion percentage above average. So your completion rate higher or lower than what the normal average completion rate would be on that play for most, most players or most quarterbacks. I just thought we're going to talk about the top three worst in the top, the, or the worst three in the top best three. Anybody have a guess on who has the best complete completed over average as a quarterback this year at 10% higher than average on those um, throws. I will give. I would give everybody five guesses each, and you will not get this guy. Jalen Hurts. No, Jalen Hurts is actually fourth. Mm-hmm. 
Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> Trubisky actually uh, is less than 0.5% away below average. So he's right at average. Yeah. Uh, Dave? I'm running through them in my head. I, I, I would have went with Herbert, you know, stuff like that. But Herbert is right behind uh, Hertz. He's fifth. Tua is sixth. Patrick Mahomes is eighth. Josh Allen is eleventh. Uh, I don't know. Baker Mayfield. Matt Ryan. <laughs> Wrong way, Keith. Geno G- G- Smith. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody just mentioned the other day he's having a pretty good year. Yeah, he's sixty. He's seventy-seven point three percent. He's ten percent over average. Yeah, if, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, I, that for some reason now that you mentioned this, I, I recall that with him that he has always had a, a very high completion percentage. Yes, that I think goes down to check down Sally. Yeah, like he'll. I mean, that comes from his height, like. And maybe that comes from where he was in college. Like Bradford was in Oklahoma. They checked the ball down to DeMarco Murray and Adrian Peterson a lot. West Virginia checked the ball down to Tavon Austin and Stedman Bailey and all these guys a lot. Guess what Ohio State didn't really do? They didn't check the ball down. They were throwing it downfield or he was running. Uh, Number two is 5.2% over average. This quarterback is not uh, currently a starting quarterback. (laughs) Or he was not. I should say he was not a starting quarterback last week to be determined this week. I don't think he's going to start, though. A picket. <laughs> no. <laughs> Jameis Winston. Oh, Jesus. And he, then. Does it matter if you throw it to the other team or is it that yes, yes, it does. <laughs> oh, okay. It's not an ass, you know? And then. In that case, his completion percentage is 90%. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, the guy all the time. <laughs> the number, the number three at two point six percent is everybody's favorite up north, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And now let's go the other way, guys. Let's play this fun game of the uh, worst, worst number. Baker Mayfield. Uh, well, so we'll go third from the bottom uh, at negative six point four percent. He's a quarterback that took over. In in some part of this year, if I give it away when he took over, it would give it away. But he's played more than one game as a starter, and may have stepped out of bounds on a safety. Oh, man. <laughs> shoot! Oh, that's Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we get into the real fun. The second worst is twelve point four percent negative. Hey fans, I know you like what you hear, so do us a favor, hit that plus button and subscribe to our podcast. We're available anywhere podcasts are found. You can also support us by following us on Twitter and Instagram with the handles Sports Divided. So doubled almost third place. (laughs) Keith, this is where I said you went the wrong way. Oh, oh, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> and I guess you guys could probably guess why I'm asking all this. At negative 13.1%, who do you think is the worst? Because we're number one. <laughs> Just, Justin Fields. And then, you know, Joe Flacco is fifth worst. 
tied with Russell Wilson at 4.8. Then Davis Mills is 4.7%. Where's Trevor Lawrence on that list? Uh, Trevor Lawrence. So you're going to make me count, Matt, because oh, he no. is <laughs> he is like he's negative 0.8%. But there are, uh, let's see. So if he was 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. He's tied for 19th with Stafford and Trubisky. Yeah, I was wondering. Maybe Trevor Lawrence has had been pretty good so far. I mean, it, yeah. But that's what you see. I mean, I don't yeah, know. He'll, how, be, he'll be fine, <laughs> right? That's but so what it is again? It's it's, it's on the average completion, right? So it could be like if you think about, it, think of like Josh Allen. He's had a couple chances where he's had guys wide open on like the goal line. Mainly, I think of the. Dolphins game where he threw the ball short to uh, McKenzie that an average completion hits while well, he missed that one. So, you know, you lose points there, mm-hmm. but I think we've done enough uh, ripping on the bears and uh, yeah, the bears and Justin Fields, any other takeaways from week four before we get into the, I, be- I now believe. Well, ripping on uh, Justin Fields uh, and the offense, but um as somebody alluded to earlier, oh, that was you, Rick. You know, stop the bootleg. The defense doesn't get a pass on this game either. Oh, I mean, realistically, why do you have Roquan Smith on the field if you're not making sure he's or somebody is spying Daniel Jones after the second bootleg before he took the first one to the for a touchdown? Because that was the fourth bootleg that he picked up five plus yards on, and then they did it again, and then again. I think my biggest takeaway, uh, avoiding avoiding the uncomfortableness of the whole situation, is the NFL is in trouble with Miami. And we'll just leave it at that. Yep. That, that whole situation yeah. is well, going to he's end. Not, he's not going to play this week. I mean. Well, let's be real. They, they weren't – nobody would – they would make sure, like, you know. Yeah, but, but, you know, the game, the Buccaneers game, did you guys see their tight end who got dinged <clears throat> and he got up and ran off the field and and he, you could tell there was something going on and he came back in the game. And uh, and I, I guess, you know, certainly they have the protocol and you pass the protocol, you go back in, but um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, so if you suffer a concussion, you know, uh, are you out? Should be. I believe. Unless they decided that he didn't suffer a concussion, but the way he, you know, he got hit, he was uh, on the ring. You could just tell, you, you know, we all know, we see the reaction, you know, that it's a, the guy got, got his bell rung. Yeah. So, it- I don't know. The whole situation is uh, – I don't know how, like, to say it. It's – like, disheartening isn't the right situ- – the way to phrase it because it's like – how can you, like, 100% guarantee it? You know what I mean? Like, what, like, how, like a, they were supposed to have independent doctors, and, well, the independent doctor – Let's be real. He's taken. He's being a scapegoat and saying he they he didn't fill out the paperwork correctly. The Dolphins gave him money and were able to sway it. Guarantee you, that's what happened. Like, 
so like where where does it stop what does it stop you know what i mean like how how where it stops is when one of these people gets sued personally out there because i look at i look at this i'm refereeing a high school volleyball game if i determine that somebody doesn't look right after his knee in the head or you know whatever the case may be if i decide that he's out for a concussion it takes a doctor on the bench, which you, they basically don't have, or or a certified trainer to sign a, a sign a waiver at that point to put the kid back in the game, and it basically it reads you're personally responsible at this point for the health of this individual. Who's going to sign that? Yeah, but um, but I, so the referee as a as a as a ref, I've got control over players at a high school level that at the pro level. Basically, nobody's making that call on the field. I mean, you, like you said, Keith, you look at these guys when they're running. You can tell when someone when they're when they're making a line like this to the sidelines. So uh, you're not right at that point. But yeah, ex- yeah. yes. But to the, to my point though is like, like it what for what it it would take to, for somebody to be sued and like it to actually be related to that one incident is something like. Tua had broken his neck or had major, major issues from, you could tell from the one play, right? Like, otherwise, the NFL has this easy case of being like, oh, you had CTE. Obviously, you had a couple beforehand, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, they have this built-in excuse, and, like, I just don't get how we – like, hockey does it too, so I don't – like, it's a fine line, like, but it is kind of a barbaric way of thinking about it. You know what I mean? Like – you also got players who are forcing their way back in. Yeah, well, because yeah. it's not guaranteed one, it's not guaranteed money, so they don't want to, you know. Yeah, like it, it's 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 an issue that, that I don't know how you resolve it because it's the yeah, culture. Can, it it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying before too, and and um, you know uh, I I don't know what the uh, protocol is and what uh, what their guidelines are, um, but. Um, like in the case of the, the tight end from uh, Tampa. Now, maybe because of the way their protocols are, uh, he was cleared, you know, and, and, I, and maybe technically he suffered a concussion, but uh, the type or severity that, uh, you know, he, he recovered or he, um, you know, responded. And, and then they, they, that has to be part of the, the protocol that, okay, you know, if somebody passes the tests and, Etc. Yeah, then they can play again. So I, I guess where is that line? You know what what determines uh, when somebody doesn't come back or when they're allowed to come back? And how do you standardize that? Because everybody reacts different to everything as a human. You know what I mean? Like some guy, you could have the same four guys get the exact same hit. One guy ends up with a concussion. Three guys don't. Three guys end up with a concussion. One guy. You well, know what I mean? yeah, like, and and then how also do you standardize it too. Like that's yeah, the biggest then, issue the consideration comes in uh, not only that specific incident, but uh, you know, uh, what is their concussion history Um, and uh, you know, so on and so forth. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very, obviously very challenging, uh, um, but yeah. And there is, how do you standardize it? And um, like, do you, do you put in a rule that like, if you're thought to have a concussion, you have to go get an MRI and it's gotta be cleared right then and there. Yeah. Or, or, you know, do they just make it so simple that somebody who even has the appearance of, you know, Hey, some sort, cause you know, you'll, you'll see the referee escort uh, the player. They'll, they'll 
time and then yeah. they'll grab a guy and say, no, you got to get off field. You know, I mean, if that happens, like, like Dave is saying, what he does when he refs. Um, and in any case like that, then, you know, maybe it's just uh, bottom line is that happens. You're out, you're out for the rest of that game. And then whatever protocol they develop, yeah, or what test, whatever testing uh, just to cover your, you know, I, I mean, certainly to cover yourself legally, uh, but most importantly, uh, for the health of the player. Yeah, to make sure they see another down down the line. Right. But again, it's it's this. I think that like for me, thought process behind it, it's the same thing with the NHL. Like, how do you like you give baseline tests and everything, but how do you standardize it in the middle of the game? How do you stand like how do you you know like it's a tricky slope, and I don't know really where it ends, how it ends. Doesn't seem like it's going to end positively like with mm-hmm. it's like or i should say it's gonna have it's gonna take something like the two thing could have been it if god for like knock on wood he didn't if he had something worse happen than just a normal concussion maybe that's what would send it over the edge but like no he's got a concussion and they're like oh see he's fine he, he was fine then he just got knocked out you know a little bit harder than you'd like blah 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 but like if you looked at him the way the way he was handled it wasn't the blow the, the, to the ground they caused. It was the spin, you know, that was there. As he, as he whipped him around, that's your, that's your brain hitting inside your head. He was, yeah. he was well, it's a, it's, 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 a, it's a mix of both, right? It's yeah. the whiplash. It's, again, though, and at that same play, like, is that not exactly what they're trying to get out of, like, with the, throwing a quarterback down, like, with the I, well, force yeah, I thought, like that? I thought, I thought that should have been a call. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh yeah, that was my question because I was not watching live. There was no penalty called on that. No, no. Wow. Actually, That's they crazy. they the only the only flag that was dropped was they actually didn't pick it up either. Was they called that he fumbled the ball when he hit the ground? <laughs> wow. And yeah, I, I, I was I wondering. He, that. I thought basically he was out before his head hit the ground. It was from the spin that was there. It was so so violent and so quick. And so uh, you can just you can just feel your head hurt. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. Let's be real. Tua is two is probably the most. I'm trying to think, he's got to be close to, if not, is the most petite quarterback in the National Football League, and he had uh, mm-hmm. a three hundred fifty something pound guy laying on his back, like he was or he was on his butt. And had Tua here and whipped him this way, like yeah, basically just whipped around over, like a sack over, of potatoes and, and over his own, smashed right. him on the ground, you know? and over his own legs too. Like Tua had no chance yeah. to even like keep his balance because mm-hmm. he, you know, drug him across. Like I just looked at him like that is exactly what they try to say is, yeah, like, and, and no, and no you know. fight before or after. I mean, none. Yeah, yeah that's just crazy. Well, and he had just gotten hit two two plays before that, really low on a semi dangerous dirty tom brady type low play and no flag mm-hmm. was thrown but you know i digress we'll move on to uh i now believe so we'll start with matt matt what do you now after week four now believe in the nfl uh well i believe i believe the los angeles rams are going to have a long season i i think there's going to be a lot more sex in their future and they can't keep their offensive line healthy so it's going to be a long season after a, a, a wonderful one they had last year. I don't, I don't think it's going to be much better. Um, and, and maybe somebody in the front office is saying, oh, I, I wish we could go back to Jared Goff versus Matthew Stafford. No, I don't, that's a stretch. But Jared Goff is having a hell of a season, and, and Detroit's kind of fun to, 
fun to watch. So, um, but yeah, I just, I believe the Rams who we thought were going to be banging on the door. I, I don't know. I, I think they've got some issues going on and I, I think it might start with some help of Matthew Stafford and, and that offensive line. Uh, Dave, I now believe. Well, that's a tough one as was there. Um, I think which, which is the best one I want to go with. I guess if I if I got to go with one that that's there, it's yeah. I now believe basically that. I'm trying to get this sorted out right in my mind here. Um, you can't, you're not going to win in the NFL without a defense that can, that can stop other teams running games at that point. And I look at even somebody that's three and one, like the Chiefs, their defense hasn't improved much from last year. Uh, I, I think, you know, they get so far in the playoffs because of, you know, their offense with Kelsey and some of the people, but, uh, you know, when it comes down to, to tighter games, they're losing them. And that's right. So I, I think a team constructed like Buffalo is the right way to structure a team. And, you know, the uh, all flash type teams there. Uh, I guess part of that comes from me with not stopping it. I'll, I'll change it. I now believe the running game is going to be more important to the NFL teams than it has been in the last few years. Bears better hope so. It's, it's carried, it's carried uh, the Packers, and it's carried some other through the some transitional periods. If you can run the ball, and you got two running backs like the Packers had, you can wait for your receivers to come around. If you can't run the ball and your receivers are poor, it's, it's lights out. Keith. Uh, I got a couple of them, and one, and one is going to be like piling on, but uh, I now believe that uh, Mitch Trubisky will next be seen in the CFL. Um, so I <laughs> mean, maybe may it for him. He'll be lighting up in the CFL. And is Flutie. Is there, uh, is, is one of those uh, offshoot uh, uh, leagues resuming in the uh, NFL, the XFL. Is that coming back or is it? Yes, it is. Yeah. St. Louis, they're, they're announcing, I think it's like in in uh, two weeks, I think is when they're announcing all the team names. Oh, is it is it the XFL again? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I add that to my, uh, my the CFL uh, or uh, the XFL. Uh, and then the other one, um, uh, I hey. now believe. I, I now believe uh, Gronk will be coming back uh, before Boy. before Thanksgiving. Boy. I almost picked him up, and I was I almost picked him up in fantasy this week. <laughs> <laughs> if I had one more bench spot, I would have done it. Hey, you never know. You never know. You know. <clears throat> I now believe the. NFC South is hands down the worst division in the <laughs> NFC. Yeah. And that's some somewhat because the Eagles look so good 
and Cooper Rush looks good. Um, and just that the Panthers look like they're brutal, and the Saints have not been good, and the the Bucks will get to them here in a second when we do our tier list. And uh, the Falcons are the Falcons. Like, yeah, they beat, you know, the the Seahawks and they beat uh, the Browns. I don't know how they beat the Browns, honestly, this past week. But, you know, they, lo- they blew a giant lead to the Saints and lost to the Rams. I just yeah. – Tom Brady is the most eligible bachelor, and Giselle is the most eligible bachelorette. <laughs> so, okay, we're gonna go there to find. No, we don't have to go there. <laughs> oh no, no. <laughs> I was gonna just. So I saw the. I saw a meme. It was by uh, a guy named. He just goes by Mitzi from Barstool. He put out a meme, and it was Tom Brady shaking uh, Patrick Mahomes' hand, and Patrick Mahomes says, "I'm so jealous," and Brady says, "Oh, of my seven rings." He says. No, of your divorce. <laughs> For people that don't know, Jackson Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes' brother, and uh, Brittany Mahomes, his wife, um, make a lot of people mad and create a lot of negative attention for the Mahomes family on TikTok. And it's... it's uh, That's a high school sweetheart too, isn't it? Yeah, but, you know, and they have a kid. Um but yeah, I just thought that was kind of funny that 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 was that was said. Yeah. I know. Um. And then there was one other thing regarding it. Uh, um. Let me see what it was. Oh, then there was a tweet out there that said uh, Tom Brady should call Kim K and uh, make this world really get messed up. Oh, jeez. Oh, That's all we need. And then you had Antonio Brown tweeting a picture of Giselle hugging him after they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, and Zach Wilson, there was a, a fake tweet going around that Zach Wilson had a tweet out there that said, Giselle, you can come stay in my bed because of his whole uh, situation with his mom's friend that his girlfriend let out the bag. And I don't know. There's a <laughs> This is this is going in a lot of weird bad jokes. That's kind of why I wanted to stay away from. Yeah, you know, it's like people when they're down. It's really it's really painful. Well, I mean, that's, loves Tom Brady, and it's the it's a wonderful story, and this is amazing. And then one bad thing happens, and everybody likes to see it. You know, oh, yeah. it's not perfect. Everybody loves to see the yeah. downfall. Yeah, and then but they see the pictures of him from Michigan, and then to what he is now, and they're like, oh, he had to have had plastic surgery or something. His face looks different. All this, you know, it's like. Just leave the guy alone. Well, and then there's like this fake quote. There's this fake quote going around that why Giselle left him is become because he became the Florida man. Like he's running to the grocery store without a shirt and shoes on and telling her no and taking it like just like constant BS stuff, right? Like that he became red and dried out skin and because he's not taking care of himself. Well, like just like just kind of joking, but it's like the Dark Knight quote, right? Where it's like you either leave what is it you either leave a hero or stay around long enough to see yourself become a villain or something you know mm-hmm. or die a hero or stay around long enough to see yourself become a villain and i somehow it's brady's fault with this whole th- like right. i mean i don't know and then like people are saying that well giselle's the breadwinner does everybody forget that tom brady signed a 370 million dollar deal to do 
television when he's done playing football that he's already made how much money in? They have neither one of them. Money's not going to be an issue. Yeah, either, either an issue. They have generational wealth from them and their entire family. Well, yeah, but I mean, so he's made, so he's made uh, $333 in his playing career. And then, like I said, he signed a $370 million deal to do Fox. So the guy's made 600 and, and how many advertisements? You know, well, yeah, yeah, I'm not even talking that. Yeah, yeah, that's not anything, you know, TB12, any of those other career earnings that he makes off of anything else, right? Like, I don't know. But we'll move on to uh, our uh, our tier list before we get into the pick six. So we're going to try to run through this one uh, relatively quickly because I think we can – probably just get through it a lot quicker since we've done it the past couple of weeks with how we've done it so we'll start uh we'll start down here at the number one contender both of them are staying there for sure uh i would think that out of the lucky to be close to three games under 500 um are we moving i'm just gonna ask a point are we moving the bears down to they're closer to being the number one contender than they are Three games below five hundred. I think considering that you know they you gave away a game to the giant, a team that you should have beat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, considering you couldn't stop a uh, bootleg and then couldn't get the ball back when they had no quarterback and all they had the ability to do was run the ball and you still couldn't stop them. I think. That's- well, let's put it this way: they're they're closer to that yes. than they are yes. lucky to be. Maybe not. Totally, totally, but they're closer to that. They're they got uh, two thirds of the way in there. So, okay, good. I'm just glad we're all on the same page. Um, anybody else on that list from the lucky to be three that we want to move down? Either Giants, Titans, Falcons, Jets, Seahawks. Uh, Broncos, Patriots. Well, I mean, the Giants beat the Bears, so I don't think you can. I don't think you can bump them down there. Just well, yet. they're get, they're getting close to mathematically not being able to be down. Less, you know, they have three wins already. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to I'm starting to sweat my under seven win bet right now. I didn't <laughs> think they'd start three and one. I I didn't see anything except for Saquon that leads me to believe that it's it's going to be any more inside. Well, the issue is that they play the commanders still twice. And what about the Steelers? That's the team that I was thinking. I just didn't know. Yeah, I think you got to give them one one more week week because of Kenny Pickett now become a quarterback. Yeah, I guess we do that. But Steelers, and actually, I was also thinking because now they're down to uh, Zappy, is maybe the Patriots because they're down to their third string quarterback. Yeah, and I they think have, you got to wait, wait one more week good. on them. Okay, that's I mean, fine. I'm fine with that. I mean, obviously, I don't think we can touch the Jets. Just beat the Steelers. The Falcons are two and zero. The Titans are or two and two. The Fal the Titans are two and two. I mean, I don't know Denver. I just don't think they're going to be a top five contender. I think Russell finally gets something going. But so we'll move up. any teams that we want to move up to five hundred bubble. Well, there's nobody there that excites me. Mm, yeah. 
there's actually there's one team that I would consider doing it to, but it yeah. mainly it speaks more to the division they're You're in. Thinking the Falcons. Oh, actually, too, I guess. Yeah, Falcons and Seahawks. Because I don't think the Rams and Cardinals are nearly as good as we thought they were. So they could end up being closer to 500. But, again, I could also sit here and say, let's wait another week because of, you know, some of the games they got that we got going on this week with. Atlanta plays uh, the Bucks, and Seattle plays uh, – let me get back to it. Seattle has the Saints. Yeah, well, if we're trying to talk ourselves into it, then probably exactly, leave yeah. there. Yeah, I'm not convinced. Um, all right, so now the question is bubble teams that move down. Anybody else with me that the commanders can move down? And actually, I would almost be willing to move the commanders down two slots. I think they can be pushing a top five pick. It's pretty bad. It's not even just Carson Wentz. It's like the rest of their team. They have no defense. They're one and three. Yeah, they've given up 107 points. Yeah. They still have they still have to play the pack. They still have to play the Packers, Vikings, Eagles one more time, the Cowboys again. Lord, do I just, 49ers. I just saw the fact that the Lions have given up 141. Yeah. Well, they just gave up. Yeah, they've given up uh, oh. 45 and 48 or whatever to the holy oh, shit. Yeah. They give up 48 to the Seahawks and they give up 45 yeah. to the, the Eagles. But so, all right. So, what, at least are we moving the commanders down to three games under 500 or do we want to move them to a possible number one contender? Yeah, slide them all the way. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty bad. <laughs> I agree. I, I didn't see there. We would tell me they're going to change. Okay, I when, agree. When the Bears, we play them Thursday night. When is, when is that? Uh, that is November 18th, I believe. All right, that'll be. Oh, that'll, sorry, that'll, October, October thirteenth. Sorry, it's sorry. sorry. Yeah, it's, it's coming up here. So it's uh, it that's actually next Thursday. Yeah, next. Uh, yeah, because they play Minnesota this week, and then yeah. that's a Thursday game. Yeah. yeah. So all right, exciting. That'll be fun. <laughs> uh, anybody, anybody else we want to move down between the Lions, Bengals, Browns, Cardinals, Colts, Raiders, Cowboys? I, I don't think so. I yeah. think so. yeah, I think anybody we want to move up out of those teams. Cooper Rush legit. Is he is he uh actually decent? Like he's four and oh. Yeah. I mean, let's be real, he's he's better. Let's go through this list around. He's better than Davis Mills, he's better than Baker Mayfield, he's better than Justin Fields, he's better than Carson Wentz, better yeah. than Andy Dalton, better than Kenny Pickett. Uh Better than Zach Wilson, better than Mariota, better than Tannehill, better than Daniel Jones. Yeah, you can move has, up. Has been better than David Carr, better than Matt Ryan, better than Kyler, probably better than Jacoby, no Joe Burrow, and hasn't been better than Jared Goff. No. Do we think they're a playoff team, or do we want to keep them at five? Because my thing is, is he's been great, but when Dak comes back, what are they? I think they're. I think they're actually worse with Dak. Yeah. 500 feels right. At least for one more week. I, I, honestly, I think we keep them there until Dak gets back is what I personally think. Yeah. Anybody else? Nobody else moving up, though? I don't think we can. I mean, maybe I would give it one more week if the Bengals pull off a win in Baltimore this week. Yeah. Then maybe they'd bump up. But I think for right now, they're only, you know, the wins are the Jets and Dolphins on a Thursday night. I think they're 
Dolphins with a win or two go down to half. It was over uh, like no, yeah, it was like seven minutes in or seven minutes left in the second quarter. Yeah. So. All right, so let's move on to our playoff bubble teams: 49ers, Vikings, Chargers, Jaguars, Rams. Anybody we want to move down, Matt? From maybe your "I now believe" statement. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah I, they they just look they're bad. They're, I love to see it. Yeah. I love to see it. <laughs> I yeah. do agree, though. I do agree. Yeah. I don't know. Jaguars are interesting. I think that the rest think, of that kind of stays the same. Yeah, let them ride for now. I don't know if they're going to. I, I don't know. Honestly, look, I don't know if any team really. I know we bumped. Well, we didn't. We talked about bumping up the Cowboys and the Seahawks and the Falcons. I don't know if I would. am actually ever. I don't know if this week I would bump anybody up. I think they can only go down in my mind right now. Yeah, there wasn't anybody that was outstanding. I think some of the teams, you know, we'll get to this now. So conference, conference champion contenders, right? So it's Baltimore, Green Bay, Miami, Eagles, and Bucks. I mean, nobody really like the the Bucks. uh, Kind of strike me as maybe dropping down. Yeah, I think so too. I think they they have some issues right now. Not only that, I just think. I mean, I don't think it's distract. I don't. So, so, Dave, you wanted to talk about this before you talk, got on with distraction. I don't think Brady's distracted with the whole divorce thing. Uh, I just think he might have hit a wall, and he's just not Tom Brady anymore. Like, I think he's just – I think he well, came back because they begged him to come back, but I think he was actually – I think he's burnt out. I think he's done. Mm-hmm. Well, you think about it. I mean, um, you know, so he – you know, essentially he flipped the switch off. You know, he said, I'm done. Yep. And then however long it now it didn't take long, relatively speaking. 22 days. <laughs> yeah, but but still, you know, it's kind of like eh, okay, yeah, but yeah, are you really well, totally uh, I, I thought so until there was one drive this weekend where he gave a drop behind and boy he looked focused and it was what six plays and a touchdown and he put some balls in tighter spots than Tom Brady usually puts them in. Yeah, that that were there, and I looked at him and went, "Yeah, you know what? He still fucking got it." Yeah, they uh, but I don't hurt a little bit skill wise on that team. I just don't think he has the fire to be Tom Brady, and I think he. I don't think he he might not. I don't think he's a guy that can be an average guy. Like I don't think he can be Joe Montana down the line at the end of his career. You know what I mean? Like I don't think he's got that ability because I don't think I think it all depends on like. A fire and a chip on his shoulder. I think I that's think, what he's needed his whole life. There. I don't think he's there yet. I I I, I don't I, I don't see the, the fire except for that one drive. But the one drive I saw it on, he looked he looked damn good. It, I mean, it could be something as simple as Gronkowski joins the team again. Yeah, you know? or you know they bring back. Uh, you know, another receiver, you know, the wide receiver that's out right now and stuff like that, too. I mean, you yeah. know, Michael Evans, but he really got, yeah, boy, he got much else. Uh, Miami, do we want to move them down with a two injury? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I was, Teddy Bridgewater looked pretty good. Yeah. And I always liked Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's got a bad rap if they're busting his knee that one year. But so for me, is I just don't actually think that they're that good. I think they, 
you know, they played a bad New England team. They beat them. They pulled a rabbit out of the hat and just the Bills kind of choked that one away. And they came back on, on a Ravens team that I think defensively quit because they were up 28 points or whatever it was. And they couldn't, they couldn't flip the switch. But I'm saying I think – I don't think it was because they're a good team as much as it's just like you – just, You don't beat three teams like that in the NFL just by chance. You know, I, I'm not saying that they're world beaters. I'm just saying that there's something there. They, if that's what they – I also, I also I, fear that Mike McDaniels' offense is going to be kind of like a uh, – uh, Oh my God, why am I blanking? Cardinals head coach, Cliff Kingsbury type of thing where like eventually it get, enough gets on tape, they fi- figure it out. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. I think I just, I, I'm hard to believe that they're as, I know they beat two of them, but as good as the Ravens, Packers, or Eagles. That's just my thought, but I, I mean, them down. But I, I don't. Other than Tua getting hurt, I don't know that they really did anything to hurt themselves. But yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd be okay moving them down. Everybody else good with that, or we want to keep yeah, them there? Good. Yeah, until yeah. You know, we see anybody from the Eagles, Packers, Ravens moving up. Mm. Like maybe the only undefeated team in the league. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles maybe Eagles. give them another week and see, but, I mean, they're looking really uh, I'd really like good. to see them get past – I want to see them get past Arizona first. Oh, Dave, Dave, Dave. No, this is still not a fan. I mean, I, I – they, they, No, they, no, no. You'll see why I say that when we talk pick six. Um, all right, so then last one's Bills, Chiefs still leaving up there or drop anybody down? I'm good with both of those. I was actually more impressed with the Bills win this weekend because they played Baltimore, came from behind, bad weather. Well, yeah, because I was ready. Was a, it, that first half, I was ready to move them down. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was almost like I mean that felt like it was a playoff type of yeah game. Like they just won a, a knockdown, drag out playoff type football game. Mm-hmm. But. All right, so there's our tier list for this week. We'll touch base on this one again next week, um, and we will uh, move on to our last topic of the night. We're going to try to hit this as quickly as possible. We're pushing two hours right now. So we are going to try to go through this as rapid fire as possible. If I can get this to open up for me. Um All right, so there we go. So we're going with our pick six segments. Uh, let's see. As of right now, this is where our standings are. Uh, I am positive $23. Thank God somehow. Uh, Matt Matt had the, the roughest of the weeks uh, this past uh, – past week going uh let me pull it up here on this one because my laptop's freezing uh matt went we all we all pushed buffalo i should say that they were three minus three we all had a minus three we pushed them 
Um, Matt went one, five, and one on the week. Um, Dave, myself, and Keith all went three, three, and one on the week. By the way, thrice is right is probably not. It should be thrice is wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> so. but so just so we, we talk about what we covered, uh, we all missed on Miami. Keith had the over. Matt was the only one that had different with the uh, the Bears plus three in the game against the Giants. Uh, me and Keith had Jacksonville plus six. That didn't work out well for us. Dave had the over at 48. Matt had the Eagles minus six and a half. Like I said, we all pushed on the Bills minus three. Um, Keith, or Keith had the over in the Sunday night game at 45. Both teams almost covered that single-handedly. Um, Dave and Matt both had the under. I had Kansas City minus, minus two. Um, on Monday night, Dave had the Rams plus two and a half. Matt had the Rams money line missed. Uh, Keith had the under of 42 that hit. I had San Francisco after telling you this just feels funny. And it's like a weird sharp line that I think the 49ers cover. They covered the two and a half. And then our pickums. Matt had Arizona plus one and a half. That did not go in his favor. Um, Keith had Georgia minus 28. And that was almost the shock of the whole weekend. Yeah. And uh <laughs> Don't get me started on the SEC officials this past week with a couple of the non-fall starts that were called against uh, against the uh, – um, why am I blanking? The Bulldogs that uh, led to a couple plays on fourth down that could have went Mizzou's way and probably they end up winning the game. Uh, Dave had Northwestern plus 26 and a half at Penn State, and they covered that easy, losing only by 10. And uh, because Kentucky doesn't know how to option and or operate, I should say, um, well, uh, somehow Ole Miss was able to cover the three and a half points that I needed them to cover against Kentucky when Kentucky had six downs inside the 10-yard line to just take a square touchdown to win. So I got lucky on that one. Um, so we'll move on to this week. Our first game is Indy at Denver. Uh, we have Indy is given three is plus three and a half on the road, and the over under is 42. Matt, who do you got in Indy and Denver? I'll go under. All right, Keith. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go with, uh, Denver minus three and a half. Dave. I'm on the under also. All right. I have, uh, I'm going the opposite of Keith. I have Indy plus three and a half. Um, the London game, the giants against the Packers. Packers are uh, given eight points, and the over-under is 41. Matt, go ahead. Giving Packers and the points. Giving points. Keith. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, over on that. 
Dave. Green Bay's going to score 41 on their own, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like Green Bay laying the eight also. So, so far, me and Keith are exact opposites. I'm on the under. I just don't think the Giants – I mean, they have no quarterback. Green Bay can win by 30, and it still could hit the under. True. <laughs> Green Bay scores 41. Yeah. Well, oh, well. They, they break out. I figure if Barkley does – does some damage. You look, you look pretty good, but that, that is about it. The so there's a rumor. There's a rumor that Eli is going to come back and play this game. So leaving the Manning cast for the week. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what was that? He just did that with uh, was it Chad Powers? Chad Powers. Uh, <laughs> BYU was Jimmer Fredette went back, but he went. Chad Powers was at Penn State with James Franklin. Penn State, yeah, yeah, that was some funny stuff. <laughs> Our next, our next. Oh, what? you guys can see what I was betting. Huh? And then Peyton Manning was uh was wearing a Chad Power shirt on the Manning cast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, did you see the uh well talk the Saturday Night Live skit with Miles Teller? They acted like they were the uh Manning cast and had John Hamm on it and stuff. And oh, John Hamm kind of ripped them for like you know usually, you know they all. The, Saturday Night Live always is known to go after the third tier guy when they can't get the number one or two guys off the hottest movie from the summer, aka John Hamm and Tom Cruise from Top Gun, and they went with Miles Teller, the third guy on that on that list. Uh, the Bears are at the Vikings. Uh, Vikings are minus seven over under forty four. Matt. Uh, Minnesota. I don't give the points. Wow, I think that is the the first time you are saying that the other team is going to come. <laughs> Keith, uh, same. That's baiting. Dave, I, I was debating between that and the over forty four, but I don't know if the Bears are going to score. So I'm going to going with the Minnesota laying seven also. Oh, thank God I stopped that. Uh, I got the under of 44. I think the Vikings win 28 zip. Call it a day. Yeah, I figured they'll, they'll take their foot off the gas eventually. I, that's why I said if, the, the, I was, if I count on the Bears to get 10, I might have went with that. But The only really game that is any sort of uh, value of watching outside of primetime games or standalone games as in the London game in the morning is the Eagles at the Cardinals. Eagles are given five and a, or five points over under 49. Matt. Um, I will go. Let's see. Yeah, I'll go with uh, Philadelphia given five. Keith. Uh, you know, you guys are probably going to think this is crazy. I'm going to go with the over. The over is not, is not what I thought you were going to say when you said you guys think I'm crazy. (laughs) Dave, I've got the over also. All right. Well, obviously not crazy, Keith. Um, but you guys might think I'm crazy. I got the Cardinals money line. Kyler has a big – he's due for a big week and his only big week of the season, plus they're 4-0, and eventually they're going to come down on one week, and it might be this – hopefully it's this week, the Battle of the Birds in Arizona. And that's why I said I have to fill it up. Moving Philadelphia up, I want to see him beat Arizona first. 
And that's why I said, oh, Dave, do you know little? Because I have the Cardinals money line. Cardinals to win outright. All right. Uh, Sunday night football, Bengals at the Ravens. Ravens are three-point favorites, and over-under is 48-and-a-half. Matt. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This is a tough one. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll pick. Uh, give me, give me the over. Keith. Mm, interesting. I'm going to go with the under. Dave. I'm going Cincy with three. Uh. Cincy plus three. I am with Matt. I have the, I'm taking the over on this. Uh, just mainly because neither defense can stop anybody, especially Baltimore. The only reason the Bills couldn't score is because of the rain. Uh, Raiders at the Chiefs on Sunday night. Chiefs minus seven. Over-under is 51, the highest total on the week. Matt, go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to go under. Keith? Uh, I'll go with the Chiefs minus seven. Dave? Chiefs minus seven. All right. Um, well, I have uh, – Derek Carr and the Raiders to cover the seven. Monday night seems like they always, it's always close. Seven's a lot. And then our pick them game. So, Matt, where are you going and what bet you got? Uh, I will take Tennessee, what I'm looking at right now, Tennessee Titans minus two and a half over Washington. All right. Uh... Keith? Uh, well, what I was looking at earlier, uh, Rams and Cowboys, uh, Cowboys plus five and a half. Is that what you got there? Uh, let me double check here in a second. Let's get back to where I was. You said Rams, Cowboys? Yeah. And Cowboys plus five and a half, yes. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's funny at, at home for them. <clears throat> no, it's in L.A., Oh, did I write this down wrong? Yeah, okay. it's, it's the just, game's in LA. Okay, uh, either way, still. <laughs> you taking the Cowboys plus five? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or plus five and a half, I should say. Uh, yeah. Dave? I'm going to take Northwestern. I think they're getting 10 against the uh, new coach, uh, Wisconsin Badgers. Let's see here. Let me just... Make sure two thirty on the Big Ten Network. They're at home getting ten. Yeah. All right. So uh, the second Big Ten win. You think they're winning outright? I I I know I, I know I know your I know your bet is plus ten, but you just did say right. Yes. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I heard it correctly. I think we won three of the last four as it is, and uh, I think we we're underdogs underdogs at least two of them. So. Um, I, I I think we're at home. Uh, I, I think that's a I think that's a win. 
Um, what is the money line anyway? How much is it? Uh, plus two eighty five. Ooh. Ooh. I uh, my bet is going to be uh, I I have gone back and forth a lot on what bet I wanted to make on this game. It is going to be Mizzou and Florida. I'm actually still trying to decide right now. I think my safe bet, the safer bet, is Mizzou plus 11 down in Gainesville. Because I just don't think Gainesville, or I don't think Florida is really that good. I don't think they're going to score. The other bet would have been the under, because I feel like it's another Auburn game where it's 14-14. In overtime, yeah. The thing with Mizzou is that you know after last week, you know, just their their history is they'll come out and lay an egg, you know. Um, yeah, what what that has to do with points, you know, I don't know, but uh, you know, they'll it just figures that after almost uh, upsetting the number one team in the country, that they'll uh, you know come back and. Oh, I know, and that's what that's kind of why, for me, I was like the biggest thing I was thinking about was the under just because the under is 55 points. And I don't think Mizzou and Florida can cover 55 points. That's yeah. a lot of, that's a no, lot I, of points for two yeah. bad offenses, mm-hmm. but I also just don't think Florida is good enough to create any sort of separation. And I think, Maybe a little bit more of my heart betting on that one with just hoping that they can keep it close and you know yeah. not not be the laughing stock of the SEC. Yeah, not embarrass themselves. If they can just pull out one win besides Vanderbilt, I'll be happy. Yeah. Realistically, you got, you got that big win against Abilene Christian. Well, I mean conference win. I mean conference win. Yeah, I mean realistically I, Abilene Christian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh I think the biggest thing for me with Mizzou is they're not gonna beat Tennessee, they're not gonna beat Kentucky. They already lost to Georgia, Florida, maybe you never know. South Carolina and Vandy, they gotta hope for, and then you never really know what happens with the uh borderline showdown or whatever they call it. Yeah. Whatever they call it now, because they've taken out the wars and shootout names and all them. Cause now you don't even have the red river shootout. It's the red river showdown. And I don't know. It's just, it's weird. Sucks. Missouri would be lucky if it finishes five and seven. So. Hey Matt, who was that? The bears that went to Abilene Christian. Remember? Yeah, they're way yeah. Um, 10, 15 years ago. It was a wide receiver, right? I want to say it was a receiver. Yeah. Because they reached for him. You know, I did something with Eddie. He had some good games, but he wasn't. I, I just can't think what he It wasn't. No, because that, was, that wasn't 10 feet. I was, I was going to say Johnny Knox, but that oh, wasn't. It is, hold it, 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 it is Johnny Knox. Oh. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wasn't his back? Was his back? Or did he? Like, oh no! Wait. Backwards? Yeah, because he got bent backwards. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, his like whole body blew up. I mean, it's like yeah, he was about 150 pounds and soaking wet. Yeah, because the guy you're thinking of who blew out both knees—that was uh, on the turf 
Was that, that in Philadelphia or was that was that at Soldier Field? Probably yeah. Soldier Field. But, yeah, uh, that was another uh, Bears receiver, and he blew out both knees. I think on the same play, right? Yes. And yeah. then it, it was it was Max, though that I was thinking of. So mm-hmm. the guy that the reason I know Abilene Christian is uh, the the. The Rams, when they were in St. Louis, drafted a running back who had a lot of skill, and but he, they said he could not, kind of like Justin Fields, could not read it. He could only go in the one place that the play was designed to run. His name was Daryl Hen- or Daryl Richardson, mm-hmm. but he was fast. But he could not, you know, if there was no hole, he was going to run right into the tackle because he was not going <laughs> to. He didn't know. He didn't know how to bounce the play outside. <laughs> they said he was not a bright fella. Yeah. Uh, think of Devin Hester. Yeah. yeah. They, they tried him as a wide receiver. He couldn't figure out a route to save his life. Yeah. How, how many times did Cutler have to? <laughs> Cutler had to either direct him or call a timeout because they uh, couldn't get him. Uh, hey, where are you going? <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Well, welcome to the U. <laughs> oh man. How do you spell that? Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, We'll we'll wrap this one up. We'll talk next week. Next week we'll uh, we'll obviously have the wild card round done. Division series will be starting, um, and we will also do a little homework for NHL. We'll talk a little NHL since uh, NHL will be starting. Uh, the Blackhawks get to see the banner go up in Colorado on Wednesday night. Yeah, we'll be there giving it the finger. <laughs> well, there was one trade rumor that I heard go out the window a couple days ago. I I tell you what, I've I've heard almost none here. Patrick Kane to the Detroit Red Wings. They have fourteen million dollars in cap space. Well, I know Detroit's trying to get back. You know, they because they took a step back last year. Yeah, you know? if they had. Patrick Kane with David Perron and Dylan Larkin and Tyler Bertuzzi and adding Billy Huso if he can put up what he did here in St. Louis last year, they could very mm-hmm. well push for a playoff spot. But we'll yeah. see. The only team I think we keep hearing here is the Rangers, but they don't have the money. No, and that's the, nobody has the money. Detroit's about the only team that does have the money that he would go to, I should say, that he would go yeah. to. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of teams that have the money, whether it's Arizona or Anaheim or Seattle. It's just he's not going to go to those teams. Right. He might go to those teams so they can then have eat half the contract to go somewhere else in a little three-way. But, you know. but yeah, we'll wrap this one up. We'll talk NHL uh, playoff updates and uh, have more NFL fun. Maybe, maybe we'll have uh, some real bear stuff to – a good Bears conversation to have next week. I highly doubt it with Minnesota, but you never know. I get this, I get this brutal picture of Jefferson just running wild. <laughs> oh, God. Well, you know who I think's going to run wild? I'm just happy I'm not, fantasy-wise, I'm not playing Anne-Marie with Dalvin Cook. Yeah. yeah, sorry about that, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> I got the notification that Jonathan Taylor's on. I'm like, oh, I'm playing Matt. I'm going to go pick up Hines right now so he can't have him. Yeah, he said, sorry, man. All I gotta say is I won my fantasy baseball league, so I pulled out the victory. Well, oh, I think I've done well with fantasy because I'm I'm always the only thing I lead the league in 
the teams playing against me have the most points against anybody that is there. <laughs> I mean, it's like every time I play somebody, they have their best game of the year. I'm like, yeah, there it is. I had 158 last week and, 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 and lost my 20. Yeah, you know, so Matt, are we are fantasy leagues over that I haven't paid attention to since like yeah, July? <laughs> yeah, you were uh dead last and stayed there for I was dead, I was dead last from day one. Sure, I had like a great like I, my lineup. If you looked at it, I had like Lindor, Scherzer, and I'm like, and they just got off to a bad start and then they got hurt, and I'm like, oh yeah. okay. I had Luis yeah. Robert. I had, you know. Yeah. And then he got dizzy and well, I, bet I had I had Josh Hader and he was great the first half of the year. And then he went to San Diego and he was god awful. I'm like Nothing. by yeah. that time I'm was already well in last place. So I guess yeah. I gotta just Venmo you, huh? Yeah, it ended today. It ended today because it was uh which was kind of stupid because all we really went to the last day of the season. Yeah, it's horrible. All the players stopped playing. The pitchers only pitched like you know, I had Corbin three the other day and he went three innings and just walked yeah. away. And I'm like, well, that's this is dumb. So, but it happened for both. It was me and uh, Nick's brother Vince were in the final, so I barely squeaked it out. But it was nice. All right, yeah, I'll then know you. But I tell you, it's oh. happened in the oh. football game this year too. A lot of a lot of top players aren't doing very well. Well, then you got a lot of injury. Like I had yeah. Amon Ron St. Brown go out. So I picked up DJ Chalk. And then the next day he's out. I'm like, mm-hmm. so I had two Detroit Lions on my IR, both at white out. Mm-hmm. And every time, every time I do not play Bateman, he has a big game. And every time I play, yeah, like, I, I got one points. of those. <laughs> 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 I, I finally said he had. He comes over with 22 points, uh, <laughs> six the week before and three the week before that, you know? Well, and then Denver uses 19 tight ends. <laughs> yeah. You were so sad. You're like, like steal the draft. Well, he had, like, he had, he had, he had, Albert O had 12 points in week one. He's had three points since. He's, the next two weeks, he didn't get a ball thrown to him. I'm like, what? So I got Hayden Hurst. Denver is Denver's. The, the guy I'm thrilled for that I, I took right. I took the opening when we drafted. Yeah, but unfortunately, I had Trubisky thrown to him. It was Pickens. And I, <laughs> and I have him. And you know, once uh, once he actually got a, it was something that resembled a quarterback. He had what 14 targets in the second half last last week and 10 catches. That, that guy can catch a ball. I, I, I tell you what. I thought he was when he was in Georgia, he was the best receiver in the country. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with my six wide receivers. Evans, St. Brown, Thielen, da- Gabe Davis. Bateman has choked a little bit in Tyler Boyd. I wanted to I have to I I mean Thielen every year except this year. He, he always he always comes through for you. He's and then Carolina's now switching quarterbacks. So hopefully that helps out the McCaffrey dump offs for a whole point on a catch, even if he doesn't pick up many yards. Well, I had, I had Kamara, and unfortunately, with the disaster at quarterback down in New Orleans, that's you know, and he's hurt on top of it back and forth. And so that's, I was real happy with that choice. And he's anybody so much for me. Anybody want Kirk Cousins mm-hmm. this week? <laughs> in a, tra- this, in a week, trade. this week might be a good deal. <laughs> you know what I realized this this year? We did or Nick changed also, and I'm not too happy about it. Matt, have you noticed the waiver wire order? 
No. It's no longer if you don't use it, you save it. It resets every single week. Oh, he did that last year. That was we really complaining about it too. Yeah, it should be like if you don't. Yeah, if like you don't, if you don't use it, then you stay at the top. But no, yeah. it reshuffles to order of team, like the rank of the team. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I, I, didn't I guess I, I guess I didn't notice it last year. Well, well, I'm also trying playing. to figure out if, you, if you're number one in the waiver wire, you should get your first, your, your first one, right? Yeah, you should. Yeah. I mean, you should. I, as I long got a problem with that then, from two weeks well, ago. But it depends. Did you have somebody on IR that got pushed to questionable? Because if that was the case, then like Kamara did get pushed to questionable. If you have an invalid roster, all your stuff goes out the window. Yeah. Well, Kamara was still out for last week. He's questionable now. I got to move him But they, I guarantee, I guarantee that he wasn't listed as out every single day. I guarantee on that Tuesday he was first listed as questionable. He was. They, they didn't make him out. It was game time decision. Exactly. So then he, but if you left him on IR, you had an invalid roster, meaning nothing would work for you. Yeah. See, that's crap. Because I mean, it's so because they don't announce these guys until the last day. Well, that's what. So what you have to do is you have to move them. All, like if they're go back to questionable, like I just did it. I mean, St. Brown could still be out, but I had to move them off of IR just in case I needed to do something, you know, because otherwise you have an invalid roster. It's just little new. I mean, little new. That's that's like a every league wide. Or or we could just talk to Nick and have two extra bench spots and get rid of the IR altogether. Yeah, there was some stuff I wanted to do this week, but I can't because, yeah, I'm just, you know, you look at what's in with Dubai coming next week. Yeah. I'd be moving out some guys that I, I'm going to need. You know? Yeah. And it isn't like I, you know, I've cornered the market in anything. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I'm going for. I mean, Dave, <laughs> Dave I'm, lo- I'm looking at your roster. You could probably drop Kyle Pitts. I don't think he's going to do anything the rest of the yeah. year. Well, Atlanta's, Atlanta's not exactly last year. And I Atlanta's not exactly year. throwing the ball to him. Yeah, I was, oh, I was not. I was not it. it was, it was the kind of, well, he was going to go anyway. He was the, yeah, he was. I, I already moved. See, so like, right, Dave, I'm looking at your roster right now. If you have any sort of claim in, it would get denied because Kamara is questionable on your IR. I don't. I haven't. I haven't moved yeah. him. Yeah. But that that that. So if that probably that probably happened last week too, and that's why. So it's just little little nuances in fantasy that uh, that go that way. Yeah, I haven't moved him this week because I got a feeling he's going to be out again. But yeah. And I didn't. I didn't have a waiver claim, and so it didn't matter. But yeah, I, I guess I never. I never paid attention last week for waiver claims. You know what else I don't like is the whole undroppable. Why? You, you want to drop somebody that's undroppable? Well, I mean, like, just the fact that, like, if, like, I would have to say, I have to, like, if McCaffrey went out all season, I'd have to waste an IR spot. No, was, no, no, no. They'll change the undroppable list. Then. They they let you. Drop. No, the un, the undroppable in our league, the undroppable is the your first round pick, no matter what, no matter who it is. Mm, I don't know. I, I think I think I think you'd be able to. I think you'd be able to drop him if he goes out or something. That was tomorrow for me, and I, I had two trade offers that tomorrow, one of which wasn't bad and stuff like that. And I, I just don't think he's he's not going to produce all year to the level you get him to. Be. A quarterback situation down in the it's not good. But, all right, let's wrap this one up. See you guys. Hey, hey guys. All right, gentlemen. Chat, okay. chat next week. Okay. See you, bye.
thank you for listening to the Sports Divided Podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at Sports Divided. And we'll see you next week.